So, are you DTFF? Drinking and talking fantasy football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Well, welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast. We have a excellent show this evening. Uh, two very special guests with us. Uh, we are talking the NFC West, uh, the start of our divisional breakdown series here, uh, talking all things with one of the most interesting divisions, I feel like, in the NFL. So, uh, First thing I got to do, though, is introduce my co-host, Jake Trowbridge. Jake, how are you doing this evening, sir? Doing so, so good. Uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to get into this. I don't even want to waste any more time on me, quite frankly. <laughs> I just want to pass the baton here. All right. So the first of our illustrious guests this evening is Russ Fisher. You can find him at Dynasty Outhouse. Russ, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm glad to finally be here. And I say finally because I think Jake's been on like three or four of the shows I'm associated with, and I just now finally got the invite here. I wanted to make your first time very, very special. All right, and yeah. I think that I've, I think that we're on our way to doing that. I just want to put that out there. And I Candles just want to lit the roses are out. Yeah, it's I'm feeling it. Yeah, and I just want to say I was really excited to have you on uh, because I finally get a fellow Letterkenny fan. On, no, on the pod and um i can't get jake to start watching it for whatever reason so i can't no. talk about it with anyone so i'm glad i finally have you on <laughs> wait 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 do, do, do you hate funny things don't can we not have this be a place of judgment right now can we just skip over the part where everybody I have no idea me. what it is by the way Thank you, oh, Andrew. And without further ado. <laughs> <laughs> yes our other guest this evening is andrew metcalf uh how are you doing andrew I'm doing well, man. Doing all right. Uh, it's finally, finally April, so the 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 countdown to the draft can come around. All the speculation can end. We can finally figure out where all these quarterbacks are going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's... gonna be it's gonna be such a disappointment, I think, for everybody because we always think that we know what's gonna happen, and then we it never, never happens. Any idea? <laughs> and then we melt down, and it happens every single year. It's a beautiful rotation, a beautiful transfer of seasons. It goes from optimism to meltdown immediately. Right. We have all these nice, cushy landing spots in our head, and it literally never works out that way. (laughs) That is the one good thing about being a Seahawks fan, because most years they just trade away their firsts, and I don't have to worry about them screwing it up. (laughs) Dude, I'm a Rams fan. I haven't watched the first day of the draft in like 10 years. Exactly, right? (laughs) I thought the first round was like this just an honorary ceremony. Like, oh, people actually make picks in the first round. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) So this is just where they danced. (laughs) See you in 2025. Yeah, I'm setting myself up for uh, sadness again this year when the Packers draft another quarterback in the first round, uh, just to give Rodgers another chip on his shoulder. Draft AJ Dillon's backup. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) We're going to trade up to draft uh, Trevor Lawrence. We're going to give away every other contender on our team and every future pick. It's going to be pretty cool. (laughs) Trey Sermon in the second is going to be such a good fit. Oh, Oh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, before we get into the meat of our show, we've got a couple housekeeping things that we always take care of. Um, So, gentlemen, um, this is the Drinking and Talking podcast here. So are either of you uh, drinking this evening? And if so, what are you drinking? 
Um, I will just say I have a clear liquid in my gla- in my cup. Fair That's enough. You have to simple. <laughs> and if you are not drinking, that is okay too. By the Absolutely. way, we do not try to force anybody. This, we will take care of that up top. You, you guys don't have to worry about it. But if you are, I got some of uh, Ireland's finest tonight. Some uh, some Jameson, a little bit of co- Coca Cola. So it's nice. Ooh, nice. Kind of like one of my smooth wind down drinks for the evening. I like this it. This is a post uh, St. Patty's Day special. Here. We didn't drink. We didn't drink any whiskey on St. Patrick's Day, by the way. No, Justin. we didn't. That was a, a oh, real our bad here. Yeah, that was a bad miss. And on surprise, our part. surprise! I'm actually not Irish. In case you were wondering, I'm not. Like oh, <laughs> you enjoyed. Just wanted to clear that up, <laughs> and that's fine too. <laughs> so why do they call you red? <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> that that's for off air, huh? Right after hours. <laughs> All right, Jake. Well, we are. Yeah, I I'm excited about this beer because du- for those of you who don't know out there, and our guests, if you don't know, Dustin and I live right next door to each other. So what we started coming back to doing was we actually drink the same thing now. We never used to do that. We just mm-hmm. like whatever we wanted to drink, we're gonna do. But not so long ago, we would try and match up what we're drinking to give an honest forthright review and maybe keep it local. So this this uh, evening. We're drinking from Potosi, which is a Wisconsin brewery. Mm-hmm. Right in the it's southwest corner. Yeah, yeah, right in that right in that down spout. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're yeah. drinking a northern method Doppelbach. Dustin and I talk all the time about our favorite beer styles. Doppelbach is right up the top for me. And I've already been drinking it, and i got to say I love it. Dustin, do you like it? Do you hate it? I like it. It's a little on the caramely side for me, a little sweet. Mm. Um but it definitely comes in potent at eight and a half percent. So I do like that aspect of it. Oh yeah. That's a nice, that's a a nice buzz for sure right there. Yeah, We're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. We got a couple of tall boys ready to go here. I think we're going to be good. (laughs) Russ brought a dog into the picture and I feel like we need to address it. Absolutely. (laughs) This is Chukabaka. She's a monster. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, My daughter, my daughter is five and we were watching the, uh, the dog show after the, thanksgiving parade and there was this big brown fluffy thing and i'm a huge star wars person so my kids know what it is and she's <laughs> like i want a dog and i want to name it chukabaka like she tried to say chewbacca and just sort of messed up a little bit sure and we just and she she can say chewbacca but kept rhyming with it she's just like no i want a dog named chukabaka. so we're like all right we got a dog named chukabaka Chukabaka, that's awesome. I love that. You gotta be stubborn about it. You you gotta be a united front at least. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. one of those. I didn't make a mistake. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about having confidence. confidence. Yep, that's, right. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, Dustin, do we want to transition right? again? I don't want to waste too much time up. Mm-hmm. Do we want to dive right into our favorite segment? Yeah, hit us. <laughs> hit us with our drunk trade of the week, Jake. Done, <laughs> and done. All right, gentlemen, we're going to need your assistance here as well, Mm -hmm. evaluating this drunk trade. So if you haven't listened before, we do one per week. Somebody submits to us. They're delightful. I appreciate all of you on Twitter who do this, by the way, because it's it's opening yourself up to a little bit of trauma. So uh, this week's (laughs) comes in from at Andrew Hall FF. I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago, he says, and about eight beers deep. I was going back and forth with this guy, and he countered one last time. For some context here, I am real bad at QB, but that doesn't matter in March. 
I don't hate the trade, but I had immediate regrets after accepting. To be clear, was not his worst drunk trade, just his most recent drunk trade. Oh. So Andrew <laughs> sent away Josh Jacobs and a 2021-206 rookie pick. He got in return for that. I'll, I'll preface this by saying this is a Superflex 12-team dynasty PPR league. He okay. got back Kirk Cousins, Devin Singletary, Kenyon Drake, a 2021-305 and 310, a couple of thirds. <sighs> Gentlemen, how do we feel this drunk trade panned out for dear old Andrew here? <laughs> I, okay, let me, let me try and help him a little bit. First of all, <laughs> I, I talked to this dude yesterday, and he did not, in fact, bring up this trade. So <laughs> he, he was clearly repressing <laughs> over that part. <laughs> he gave up. He got a quarterback without giving one up. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's that's the positive. That's what I got. Good. Okay. I like. Um, it. I guess it's the last half full. Yeah, right. I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This, this, oh man, that. Yeah, that one is hard to defend. I just. I feel like two years from now, this is gonna be one of those trades. He looks back, and it it might end up just like kind of setting his team back <laughs> a few years. Like, I think Kirk Cousins, he might be the only, yeah, like fantasy relevant part of the the other side, but yeah, like Drake, um, who was the other one? Singletary and a couple yeah. of third rounders. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I know everybody is ready to bury Josh Jacobs, but I'm, I mean, he's still an RB2, right? Like he's not just going to be like, just disappear from <laughs> any type of relevance. He was a fringe uh, RB1 this past season. To be Exactly. Fair. Yeah. So even like, I know like Drake is coming in and everybody's kind of, you know, freaking out over it, but no, I'm not not a fan, man. Especially Josh, he's he'll be a 25 year old free agent next year too. So even like if you if you don't like the situation, like he came in the league so young, in free agency when he's still in his prime. So, but yeah, I guess yeah, like Russ said, you you got a quarterback out of it. That's that's about it. But uh, I'm not, so if you make no trades for the next four years, you're set because Kirk Cousins will probably be the only guy in this trade that is still playing at a at a decent level. Absolutely so, right. If you you got to play this trade in a four year window. Four year right. <laughs> Hey, the long game. Sometimes, mm-hmm. hey, sometimes these do work out in the long run. Who knows? We could be talking about Josh Jacobs as a RB3 fill-in for some mm-hmm. reason at the end of next season because things just tanked for him. They went completely wrong. Yeah, Kenyon Drake, that's interesting. Dustin, Kenyon Drake versus, uh, you know, everything else in this trade. <sighs> Is he not it's... maybe the lowest piece? I don't know. Devin Singletary is not very high in my book either. Um, you know, I guess you got two dart throws and the two third round picks. The, those could hit, mm. you, you, you know, you, you could hit a Darnell Mooney or something where you, you strike gold. So you got a couple well, dart throws. So. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah, super flex. Sometimes yeah, like the, the wide receivers and, and, um, and running backs kind of fall. So I would say like early <laughs> third might, might be a decent pick there. Yeah. But overall, yeah, you got Kirk Cousins that's about it the rest of it's nothing uh, to write home about so not a big fan of this either i have both seen and made worse drunk trades so like let's oh, just I put it that way trades, so. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment like, I'm... Uh, I, I was trying I to keep the theme on going i think if you've ever listened to my show for about three seconds you've heard bad trades i've made <laughs> i think it's good news bad news here the the good news is that it's just the most recent trade the bad news is that this was not the worst drunk trade <laughs> um so it's it's tough but yeah i look 
Andrew, we all love you here. So just just feel confident that going forward, you will make better trades than this. I think, or that's just drink more, so you never remember them. When it's all sleeping, when you drink. Dustin and I have talked so many times. I think there is money to be made here. There has to be yeah. like a, a pre-trade breathalyzer that you can install. Yeah, right. <laughs> you have they, no, there's, they have a for email where you have to do like some math problems. Yeah, I do like, <laughs> like a couple of equations or something. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard about that. Yeah. I think that. it's it's a Gmail extension. Yeah, it's a million dollar concept. Sleeper, just get on get on with this mm-hmm. already. All right, I'm Put glad we're all in a now and do something that matters. <laughs> <laughs> More mascots. I actually like the mascots, but I I, I understand. Yeah, I don't mind them either. I mean, yeah, the right. <laughs> I'm not in the majority when it comes to the mascot love, and I get that. So I, yeah, I just like Russ said, I want them to pile on with the mascots firstly. But uh, <laughs> all right, before we get into the meat of the episode. Again, this is the NFC West. We are not playing around for this introductory uh, breakdown Mm -hmm. here. Although I do want to point out, we did not bring on a 49ers fan, and I feel like that's intentional because we just want to talk trash about the 49ers for this entire... (laughs) I'm all here for talking trash about the Niners. (laughs) But before we get into that 49ers trash talk, DTFF is brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. Look, Football is over, sure, I get it, the draft is almost here, and that's something, but until you can actually sink your teeth into an NFL game again, you can also go over to monkeyknifefight.com, try out the other sports. We were just talking before we got on on air here, Andrew was talking about Formula One racing that he's getting into, I'm trying to expand my sports horizons here, I feel like Monkey Knife Fight can at least help, you just head over there, you make some selects. Right. You you do the simple thing of choosing more or less for a stat line. It's so easy. And if you're good at it, you win money. And sometimes if you're not good at it, you still win money by being lucky. So go over to monkeyknifefight.com. Use promo code DTFF and you will get matched on your initial deposit up to $50. So again, monkeyknifefight.com, promo code DTFF. All right. Thank you, Jake, for that. Hey, FFers, just a quick break from the live show here. We had a third guest, Andy Holloway from the Fantasy Footballers, that was unable to join us during our live show. He dropped in to give us his perspective on the NFC West and talk about his beloved Arizona Cardinals in the homer's corner. So we are going to play his interview here in its entirety for you and then get back to the live show with Russ and Andrew. All right, so we are doing a very special episode here uh we've got andy holloway from the fantasy footballers uh joining us today to kick off our inaugural of the season divisional breakdown series sitting in the homer's corner this week to talk about his beloved arizona cardinals how are you doing this afternoon sir i'm doing well i i love this i've never been able to embrace the homerism uh on the show i mean i doubt we constrain it very well but we try and now i don't have to i can just be a blatant the cardinals will win the super bowl this season i think we all agree on that and we'll just go from there i love Perfect. it I, we don't want you to have to put any caveats in front of your mm-hmm. fandom here today we want you to be unabashed sure. let the people know you know, these are not your opinions. These are facts about the Cardinals. No question. I, I'm glad somebody finally appreciates that. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, so let's get into it here. So um, looking back on last season, a very solid 8-8, eight and eight, third in division. I mean, let's be honest, the NFC West is a pretty tough division here. Um, how are your thoughts on last season in general? Yeah, it was uh, it was such a promising start to the season. I don't remember if they. I think they were six and one at one point in time, and so the the hopes of of a playoff berth and some opportunity there to make a run they certainly percolated in us Cardinal fans' minds. So it was a disappointing end to the year. Kyler got banged up at the very end. It didn't seem like we had a a shot. And like you said, I mean, a really tough division. Very painful when when Russ keeps to keeps getting it done in this division, and we we just you know us out here in Arizona, we'd love to have a a free pass. We'd love an NFC East type of season <laughs> where we can go, uh, w- put up an eight and eight season and win by four games or whatever the case may be. <laughs> but, Wouldn't yeah, we all? I, you know what's nice is instead of just turning the page to twenty twenty one with. Um, you know, what could have been when you have a young quarterback that's 23 years old in Kyler Murray, there is always the optimistic hope of, of, of another tear jump for Kyler, you know, a, an opportunity for him to elevate his game for Cliff to understand the NFL, to try to figure out, uh, how this team can make the next step. And, and so the, it's a transitionary year on defense, you know, that Patrick Peterson has been such a stalwart back there for for years and we didn't bring him back and JJ Watt, we the off season uh courtesy gift that Houston gives us one a year. So we, <laughs> um, we're happy when it shows up and we accept it. And uh but I'm I'm optimistic. I I'm certainly excited to see what we can do. I think the defense is better. I think Kyler gives you that, you know, you gotta have that piece, right? To have any chance at making a run. You don't just want to shoot for eight and eight. You need a chance at, at making a run and seventeen game season hits and you know, who knows? Maybe maybe we can uh, get it done this year. Well, look, as yeah. both Dustin and I know, as Packers homers, as we talk okay, about on okay. this show, having like that Borland, quarterback. Producer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Alan, same boat here. It's nice to have that comfort of a yeah. true quarterback leading you. And we've been spoiled, of course. But hopefully you enjoy those spoils for a very long time with Kyler and you can kind of move pieces in and out and around him and great. just build from there. Yeah, it's, it, we we talked on the on the show recently about you know the masterful work of the Miami Dolphins and acquiring picks and building this team the right way. And it's like, unfortunately, it, at the end of the day, if you got the wrong quarterback, it's not going to matter. Like you you have to have somebody there that can get you. It, can they beat Patrick Mahomes? Right? Like, can you right. can you mm-hmm. if everything went right, could you get past Patrick Mahomes or you know Josh Allen, whatever the case may be? So. I think we at least have that foundational piece for now and, and maybe catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the arrow's pointing up for your team uh, without a doubt. Uh, speaking of, uh, we've we've gotten through the fast and furious beginning of free agency here and want to get your thoughts on the free agent moves here that the Cardinals have made. So you've lost Kenyon Drake, Dan Arnold, and looks like at this point, most likely uh, the Iron Man, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, and you brought in weird. to replace him, uh, A.J. Green. So uh, yeah. just just want to get your thoughts on uh, free agency here for you. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I've – Al, I don't know if I've ever talked about A.J. Green without 47 disclaimers and, like, legal documents <laughs> that, I, that I have to present to, like, the audience. And um, 
okay, I'm, I'm allowed to be optimistic. Yeah, maybe he's got something left. DeAndre Hopkins is on the other side of the field. A.J. Green is a player that is, uh, you know, it's not just speed for him. He, he's a tactician. He's somebody that is uh, physically bigger than most of the cornerbacks he faces and will not be drawing number one attention. So, um, you know, when you look at what Larry brought to the table at this stage of his career, it's been very hard emotionally for us Cardinal fans because there's part of you that just wants Larry on the team every year and it doesn't matter. Just pay him what he wants, put him in the locker room, um, he'll give you a touchdown here and a big play there and he's not going to drop anything and, and you know, it's valuable and he's just part of our history in Arizona and for goodness sakes, if we win a title the year after he retires, I don't know how I'd be able to handle it, how he could handle it or how we could handle it. But at the same time, you kind of look at it with, okay, if he moves on, this offense does have the ability to become more dynamic. There's there's things that he brought to the table with his sure-handedness and first downs that you know maybe Andy Isabella doesn't give you, but it'd be nice to have some young legs in there. If Christian Kirk can slide inside a place that he's had success before and you've got AJ Green and you've got DeAndre Hopkins and you know who who's to say they don't go after one of the big names in the draft you know where they're sitting at 16 uh it's it's either one of the big cornerbacks seems to slide back to them and then replace Patrick Peterson or it's uh, what if Devontae Smith's there you know is, is this the future <laughs> are you going to bring in the next um you know are you going to give up on Andy Isabella so to speak and then just bring in another future pillar of the offense and you know, last year it was like, oh, you traded for Hopkins, but what if you drafted CD Lamb too? And, <laughs> and so, uh, I think that I think that the offense has everything it needs to be successful. I'm very thankful that they didn't bring back Kenyon Drake, and that's not really say, you know, it's not to say that Kenyon Drake's not a good player, but I think that's probably where I'd cap it. Like he's a good player, and uh, Chase Edmonds is a a really talented offensive weapon, and. So spending the money at that running back position, uh, we didn't need to do it. And uh, Dan Arnold will miss uh, the postman references and <laughs> being in his corner all year long. But at the same time, you know that that's another position that the Cardinals could could use a weapon. But um, they they just got to put it together over multiple games. You know, last year's a perfect example of what we saw. You know, in the season breakdown, starting six and one and then ending eight and eight, like. We saw week to week, it'd be a drive that looked great and a drive where you're like, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury shouldn't even be a Pop Warner coach. Like, <laughs> there, there were parts of the game where, like, the, the, it's like the intangibles, right? Like, he can call a play that works, but the intangibles, the between play, the clock management, the red zone play calling, the, you know, hurrying to the line of scrimmage or not, just something was off. And so I don't know that there's a lot of, uh, we're diehard Kyler fans in Arizona, but I think we are hesitant Cliff fans where we're like, let's hope it works out and, and the magic is there between their relationship, but I think we're going to be running out of uh, patience if this year goes any worse than last. If you have a consistent Kyler who is not banged up and you have DeAndre Hopkins out there and it still doesn't get done, then you get real nervous, I suppose with yeah. coaches in that that's situation. Right. So that's, that's fair. Right. Yep. I did just want to call out because you mentioned Kenyon Drake and you're not too sad to see him go. And Chase Edmonds is there currently as the de facto head guy, I guess. Are you comfortable if they don't add anybody who you perceive to be better than Chase to that backfield? Do you think that he can well, lead that? That's a great question because um, 
there's kind of two thoughts, right? There's one where it's like you need to add somebody better and he's a compliment to them. And then there's another where they just add depth. Like they, they're not going to go into the season with their existing depth chart at running back, I don't believe. But I, I do have enough confidence that Chase is good enough, which is the way you put it, to be the lead runner in the backfield and a great pass catcher. One of the things that people maybe that are on the outside of Arizona don't understand about Chase Edmonds is that this is a super uh, smart running back. Like he is an asset to the team in more ways than than we track on the the fantasy sheet. He is a he knows where to be. He's he's a very very good pass catcher. And so yeah, that's I think he's good enough to lead the backfield. But you just in today's NFL, you've got to have more bodies than than Chase and I think Eno Benjamin. So. Sure. Um, I but it could be a veteran. You know, you could bring in a, a veteran runner. Who knows if Todd Gurley, Lev <laughs> Bell, Todd Gurley, somebody shows up and and just is a fifty fifty backfield. Which I hope it's not Lev Bell. Please no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe James Conner. Fingers crossed. Sure. I don't know. From my perspective, mm-hmm. that might be nice. Well, and that that would be a nice mix and match because Chase is a is smaller back and a pass catcher, and um, they'll probably add somebody that can. Be more of a threat around the goal line is my thought. Yeah, I think that makes sense, especially looking at the draft picks that the Cardinals have this year. You've got, you know, one in the first and one in the second, and then you don't have another pick until the fifth round. So with, with, you know, some of the other needs that the Cardinals have, I can't see them picking a running back with either of those, you know, early day one, day two picks. And then when you get to the fifth round, it's, you know, flip a coin if it's going to work out or not at that point. So I could see them bringing in one of these veterans as the offseason moves along. And that that point about their draft capital is super valuable for fantasy players because, uh, you know, if you're hesitant about going all in on Chase or trying to acquire Chase Edmonds with the hopes of him being the starter, like, you're right. They're not probably going to spend a valuable pick on a running back as a compliment. So Chase has at least an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then... We've addressed the tight end a little bit here with Dan Arnold leaving. Who's going to take that position over? And does it really matter for them? I mean, with all the other wide receiving options, and as you mentioned, Chase Edmonds out of the backfield being a very good pass catcher as well, does that matter in in the Kingsbury offense or not? Uh, You know, I think that when you have a threat in the passing game at the tight end position, it is a great asset to a young quarterback. And I think you saw that with Dan Arnold last year with Kyler. Kyler utilized him in some big situations. Um, you know, maybe A.J. Green takes a little bit of that load off in the sense that, you know, on a go-to down, you don't have, you know, three corners or the defense bending towards Hopkins and these little routes that he had to run, and, and maybe Green can take some of that uh, away and be a go-to type of receiver in those situations. But um, that I think that's a big question for Arizona right now, like for Steve Kime and the Cardinals is, how are you going to fill that pass catching threat at the tight end position? Uh, I believe Max Williams is still under contract. He's not really a pass catching threat, but he'll be on the field a lot and he can, you know, he can catch a ball or two when you need him. But uh, yeah, dreams of Kyle Pitts are, you know, <laughs> going through my head. Not going to happen at 16. So. Yeah. So um, if you don't mind, let's, I w- I'd like to get your uh, thoughts on some of the other teams in the NFC West here. Uh, they all suck. <laughs> terrible. God. All right. We can Perfectly said. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Hate them. Hate them all. Uh, so, so no, that sounds fun. Yeah. Let's start with the Seahawks. So 
Russell Wilson, and I'm sure you guys have your ear to the ground a little bit more than we do here, uh, considering it's in division. Sure. How do you feel that relationship with management is? I mean, there's been a lot of trade talks with him being unhappy. Uh, Is this just smoke or is there actually something to it? I think that there was something to it. I don't know how much of it is leverage to conform the offense to what he wants it to be. I don't know what goes through Russell Wilson's head. I really don't. He he's a weird dude. And he's a great, <laughs> he's, a great, he's a great football player, but he's a weird dude. And like, you know, sometimes he tries to troll people in social media, but he doesn't quite hit the mark. And you just don't know how much is crazy and how much is crafted. And I think, I think he's kind of nuts to want to move on, but at the same time, he seems to be bending more towards personal legacy than he has, you know, winning on the field. So that's why I think that there's some smoke to that. I mean, I know that they were listening. I know that they sat down with uh, the Bears being one of the teams that really made a pitch. And, um, you know, cooler heads will probably prevail. Him and Carol have gotten to the playoffs so often. So, uh, you know, one of the things on our recent episode for uh, Don't Overreact, we did an overreaction episode. And Jason brought up, like, probably don't overreact to them being a run-first team. Like, they'll probably be a balanced team. That's what Pete Carroll wants to do. And um, to keep Russ happy, you're going to have to let him throw it to his newly minted Tyler Lockett contract and and DK Metcalf. So uh, if he wants to move out of the division, I won't complain. (laughs) I'll sign the petition. I think I might have started the petition. But... um, yeah, they're unfortunately with him at quarterback, you're a threat every year. Mm-hmm. And speaking of his wide receivers, as you just mentioned, uh, coming up this next fantasy season, specifically for redraft here, who would you rather have out of those two receivers? Yeah, Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would take Metcalf. I, I would. I, I think we've seen Tyler Lockett is an elite NFL wide receiver. He is a incons- an inconsistent fantasy wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't possess the uh, physical size to demand the red zone opportunities, so it, it goes up and down with him. Uh, he's he's great. I mean, R- Russ throws him the ball, and he catches the ball, and it's perfect passer rating, and, and they are a symbiotic relationship. But I think Metcalf over- offers you both the physical size to maybe build on that consistency and then uh, – the upside of, of just being a young player that maybe maybe we haven't seen the best. I mean, fantasy players love the maybes, and he's got more maybes than Tyler Lockett in the in a good way. Mm-hmm. I just can't quit Tyler Lockett's boom games. They make me so happy on the two that you points, get every 50 year. Points, Sixty just, points. You crush. You crush yeah, in that, I, and it'll at least be attractive for his ADP. I assume is going to be further down than than DK's. Please, yeah, uh, probably, I'm assuming yeah. by by at least a couple of rounds. By the time we get there, that's true, I, and that, that that that's a situation where you might get a much better value on on Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. I am interested, Dustin, if you're okay to move on to the Niners because my most burning question here is related to that man, George Kittle. Oh man! And did you see t- him tweeting on April Fools' today? Yeah, it just really well done. <laughs> I mean, is there anything he can't do? Quite frankly, no. no he perfect Photoshop job. Him in a Jacksonville Jaguars uniform. <laughs> Both insulting Jacksonville that no one could ever comprehend that to happen, but also just troll, trolling the internet, which is great. Really yeah. elite stuff, quite frankly. But speaking mm-hmm. about the elitism of George Kittle, 
I mean, we're at the point now where there's so few relevant fantasy tight ends. And of course, he's in that top tier with two or three guys. So drafting him in round two or possibly earlier for redraft, is that something you can get on board with? Yes, is the the short answer. Definitely. I think, you know, as a Travis Kelsey uh, manager this past season, it's a delight. It's a treat. It's a wonderful way of being to not even worry about that spot on your roster, to not be taking up another roster spot on ping ponging between two streaming tight ends. I think George Kittle's in that category. So I, I certainly think uh, a second round pick is worth, I think Kelsey in the first and Kittle in the second is totally fine. If you want to just not worry about that part of your team, those guys are locked in. It will be interesting what they do at quarterback and what the sentiment is around the team. You know, is it is it Justin Fields? Is it Mac Jones? Uh, Trey Lance? I don't know. I don't know what Kyle Shanahan's doing. It's always interesting when you pay absorbent uh, draft capital to move to three where there's no guarantee of who's getting there. But I think we all assume Lawrence, Wilson, and take your pick. So, mm-hmm. uh, But that variable does exist where like Kittle has got maybe part of his season uh, with a rookie at the quarterback position, but he just... One thing I think we've learned about Kyle Shanahan is that he just builds his offense around players. It's not just his offense. It's an offense around the skill sets of, if it's Debo, it's a Debo game. Or if it's a Kittle, I mean, every game's a Kittle game. So he's going to manufacture touches, and they're not all downfield, so I think you're pretty safe with with Kittle. Mm -hmm. And then two players that Jake and I have had many discussions about this offseason already, and we actually have a season-long bet on it, is who is going to be the number one wide receiving option for that San Francisco team? Is it going to be Debo or is it going to be Ayuk? And I know Ayuk is the new hotness. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't want you to give away who was for who because I don't know. And so I don't want to, you know, I'm going to make one person happy and one person sad. Now we're we're presuming health. Are we presuming health in this situation? Of course. Then I am on team Debo. Ah, Ooh. I like it. <laughs> and 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 Ayuk went to school out here at Arizona State, and he's a great player. And there was literally nothing. That, it, it's not an anti Brandon Ayuk take; it's a pro uh, Debo Samuel take. So if I um, if I have to choose one, and I don't have to consider which one's going to get hurt, then I think I lean <laughs> on Debo. So perfect. All I right. If you don't mind, let's let's hit the Rams real quick here. Sure, um, sure. All right. So the backfield. Akers seems to have the inside track here as, as the starting tailback on that team. And he finished the season very well. Do you think that he is the lead dog there or is it going to be a split with Henderson? No, I think Cam Akers is, is primed to do some special things this year. And, you know, we haven't got to see the Matthew Stafford-led Rams yet. And um, as a Cardinal fan, I don't think I want to see that. I, mean, <laughs> I, I really love Matthew Stafford. And so it's just brutal to have him move in into the division because I, wa- I want to see him have success. When you leave Detroit, you want to see those players have success. And then, um, you know, Sean McVay is a great coach. So this is why it's not fair. Our Car- <laughs> The Cardinals... In this division, I mean, you're naming three teams that can all compete and have great coaches, and that's where it's like, oh, Cliff, I hope you can hold up against these names. But um, but for Cam Akers, I think you saw 
the uh, the torch being handed over last year. He's a player I loved coming out of Florida State, and you just wanted to see him have that opportunity. So the team is not going to give him every snap. They don't. I don't think they philosophically believe in the Todd Gurley plan anymore. And uh, so I think Henderson will be worked in, but Akers is the better player, and and I think the team trusts him more, and so I'm pretty confident in his fantasy value. Okay, and then we'll just throw one last question here at you, sure. uh, and we'll let you go. Uh, so speaking of Stafford, which position player on the team do you think gets the biggest boost with him coming to town? It's interesting. I don't think I've thought about about that specific question. I know that on the show we did talk about, you know, Gerald Everett left town for Seattle. Um, and so Tyler Higby, you know, big contract, talented player, kind of hit and miss with, with Everett out there on the field. You know, that That's a player I'm, I'm interested in, in, in looking at because uh, he's, you know, Matthew Stafford, I think will find a lot of value in, in finding Tyler Higby all over the field. And, and so if this offense is better and the touchdown opportunities go up and Higby's reliable in that department, he could be one of those more upside than than you think tight ends. And I was really anti-Tyler Higby last year, but I think that that's a, a person that could, could make a mark. I like it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, any last words here? I mean, I want to be cognizant of uh, your your time here uh, with your busy schedule. So any any last thoughts on the NFC West here before any we let you go? Any last jabs yeah, that you want to get in? I do. I do, actually. I think um, I think considering the comments I made on this show, I just want to make sure that I retract any positive ones about <laughs> a- any of the Seahawks, 49ers, or Rams players. I was lying. They're all terrible. Cardinals uh, will run the division. Super Bowl champs beginning of a dynasty i think the thing we all accept to be true 17 and 0 first team to go 17 and 0 in the regular season uh these are practically foregone conclusions so i really appreciate the opportunity to bring that to your attention uh well thank you well um is there anything you'd like to plug about the show or anything upcoming uh before we let you go here no i'm, I'm good you can find me on twitter at andy holloway and uh, i appreciate you guys having me on and, and hopefully we have a very exciting 2021 season i'm, I'm looking forward to it i yeah, love it thanks absolutely. so much andy really yep. appreciate it thank you back to the live show with russ and andrew so getting into the nfc west here we are going to start with the arizona cardinals why arizona starts with the a first in the alphabet i don't know i don't have a good reason so uh oh, they were eight and eight in the division and placed third overall. And they've had an interesting offseason here, uh, really more for real NFL purposes than fantasy football purposes, I feel like, with their defense signing JJ Watt, um, getting that big name. But for fantasy football, they lost Kenny and Drake, uh, which we just talked about, uh, Dan Arnold and most likely we're looking at Larry Fitzgerald not being back on the team. And I say that because they brought in another old man, AJ green um, to the squad. So what do you guys think? We'll start with that. Uh, What do you think of that swapping out AJ green for Larry Fitzgerald? 
I think that someone had a side bet somewhere about keeping their average age at a certain level. And they're like, oh, crap, Larry's going to retire. What do we do? Who's the oldest wide receiver? With AJ Green, let's do it. Uh, that's the only that's the only thing I could think of as to why they did this. He's the next best up. They're like, well, we can't we, we can't get uh, these guys out of retirement to actually physically play for us. Yeah. So let's Julio see Jones AJ's isn't coming play. over. Uh, Julian right. Edelman probably isn't coming over. Who's the next best we can get? Oh, AJ Green is a free agent. That so easy. Let's just do that. They just want to be the, like the last step for all the the legends on their way out. It's kind of a the swan song Ooh. stop. But hey, to be honest though, I mean, if if they, I I actually expect them to to still draft the receiver. Within the first first two rounds of the draft, but I mean, if they if they don't end up drafting anybody, I'm I don't know. I guess I'm a sucker for the hits. Like I, I still think AJ Green, he you probably will have worse options to you know plug in your your flex on like week eight when you got two bye weeks, four injuries. Like I don't hate it. Like there was a time when he was in Cincinnati that he was kind of starting to get a get a little bit of a groove with Joe Burrow when they stopped sending them out on deep routes. <laughs> Like, that was the issue. Like, they start off the year. They were still trying to use him, like, you know, 2015, A.J. Green. And he just <laughs> – he can't separate when you get, you know, 10 or 15 down yards down the field. So, I think, yeah, once, like, Higgins and, and Green kind of switched their roles and he was kind of that, you know, more like that intermediate, you know, short route guy, I don't know. I, I'll still have A.J. Green on the end of a couple benches, but I know I'm in a minority on that probably. No, man. Okay, no. If you want to try and be serious about it, which is just completely <laughs> But, I mean, that, that's absolutely the right answer because A.J. Green has never not been the guy, right? From the mm-hmm. second he was drafted to Cincinnati. Well, I guess Chad Johnson was probably still around, I think, back then for a little bit. But regardless, I can't remember anymore. That was way too long ago. I, I, uh, I think he was maybe right after Chad. Yeah, they were pretty close. Yeah, my my brain can barely remember four days ago at this point. <laughs> uh, so, But, like, he's pretty much always been the guy there. We've never really seen A.J. Green be a number two. Like, let's face it. He's the number two behind DeAndre Hopkins, which, you know, 99.9% of wide receivers in the NFL would be the number two behind DeAndre Hopkins. But like you were saying before, like, that's great. Like, he's not going to have to deal with the double coverage. He's not going to have to deal with these deep routes because they have fast guys for that. You know, like, this is something, this is like what they did for Larry Fitzgerald, right? Like, he was an outside guy. And they're like, all right, dude, you know, you're still great, but let's face it. You you don't got the speed anymore. Mm -hmm. Slide in run some nice crisp routes and yeah. you know, AJ Green's going to play till he's 43, just like Larry Fitzgerald did. And every year we're going to be like, no, this is the year he retires. I'm just, I'm going to trade him away. This is the year he's going to retire. So am I hearing you're, but you're both pretty lenient with the AJ Green from, uh, compared to what we saw last year, which of course was nobody's like friend uh, necessarily, exactly. but so maybe he's an older, wiser Corey Davis. Like he can't be the number one. He has to be the number two yeah. somewhere. He can be fantasy yeah, relevant. Larry was wide receiver seventy-eight. Uh, excuse me, wide receiver seventy-four. Apologize for the disrespect, right, <laughs> Larry? Uh, Give him his I, credit, Jake. <laughs> I'm assuming we can get on board with him being better and more serviceable from fantasy than that. Yeah. Like I traded for AJ Green. I traded like a twenty-three third. And, and oh. like, what's the risk in that? Literally yeah, nothing. nothing. Yeah. And, and like, like Andrew was saying, like, if I can fill him in for one, two weeks and I can get wide receiver three numbers. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So oh, does, yeah. so does this move then, uh, Christian Kirk down on their depth chart is AJ green. Now the, the number two on that team. I don't think so. Uh, well, I, mean, I would prefer him over Kirk. I was never a Kirk fan. Oh, yeah. So to be, I think he, 
he kind of lives off. He has. He's kind of like Marvin Jones, but even more inconsistent. Like he'll have that, like that monster game, and everybody, like, all right, Kirk has arrived. He's here, and then just disappear for four or five weeks. So I was never a fan of Kirk, but no, I, yeah, I think they wanted yeah, a, a legit a threat opposite of of a uh, hop. So I'll take speaking of Kirk. disrespect, throwing Marvin Jones <laughs> under the bus for no reason. <laughs> no, no, he, he has Jones light. That was a mistake. <laughs> Because uh, the thing is, they uh, they run four wide, you know, as they're pretty much base set. So it's mm-hmm. not going to take Kirk off the field at all, especially now that unless they draft a tight end. I don't even know if they have one on the freaking roster right now because Dan Arnold was the only guy I remembered. And oh, yeah, Max, like one of they had one of like the Max 17. Williams, yeah, he had one of like the 19 Baltimore tight ends that came over. Uh, <laughs> But still, no, I think Kirk's going to still be on the field. I think he, but yeah, he's going to be inconsistent, but Kirk has the ability to put up like a 30-point fantasy game out of absolutely nowhere, and the volume will be there in the offense. So again, he's another dude you don't have to pay a lot for. So if you can get him for late second, early third, and again, you fill him in two, three times, and maybe you get lucky and he becomes an every week bottom of the roster starter. I, I, I'm saying this because I was always a fan of the guy, and I'm like, crossing fingers that everything I'm saying is going to come true. But clearly he can turn into absolutely nothing in three minutes. But uh, Sure. I like what you called out about them being such a pass-heavy offense, though, because, one, you know, obviously with an injured quarterback last year and Kyler Murray, who he was still great for fantasy, but it's not as if he was perfect for his wide receivers. So there's room for that to still grow. Mm-hmm. Now, Dustin, if you recall, when we had Andy Holloway on, uh, you know, previously to kind of discuss his beloved Cardinals, he was still open to the possibility of them drafting another wide receiver to compliment, mm-hmm. even so high as maybe, maybe a top tier receiver in Devonta Smith. I don't know if you have that clip available to play, but if you do, I would love to just get your reactions to that. Yeah, let me pull it up here real quick, like. Like like Kyler quick, not like Larry quick. You know, who, who's to say they don't go after one of the big names in the draft? You know, where they're sitting at 16, uh, what if Devontae Smith's there? You know, is, is this the future? Are you going to bring in the next, um, you know, are you going to give up on Andy Isabella, so to speak, and then just bring in another future pillar of the offense? So, do we think that there's room for another pillar of the wide receiving offense there? Yeah, actually, I actually mentioned that. Yeah, I wouldn't like he said. I wouldn't be surprised if they. I saw a couple of mocks have like like Jalen Jalen Waddle, something like that, fall to him too. But uh, yeah, no, I like it. Like Russ said, they they run four wides on a regular basis, so they they have places to fit a wide receiver. If they they grab another one since, like he said, Isabella, Hakeem Butler, uh, Kishan Johnson. They they'll all those experiments kind of fell. I'll say I would I wouldn't be surprised if you loaded up on some more skill positions. Such good mm-hmm. names you just threw out there. Hakeem <laughs> <laughs> Butler, I'm just, oh man, I, I just dropped stuff. him off my last roster like a month ago. Like, yeah, like, that was a, that was a tough one for me. Look, he mm-hmm. was the only guy of that body type on that team for two years, and I kept just being like, he's the only uh-huh. dude. He's the oh, they got yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> all right, all right. We learned from So now, no, I guess he's he's taking. Some people are saying he's he has like the the Darren Waller career path now. So hold yeah. him for about you know three or four more years. It'll pay off when they switch into tight end when he's like oh, twenty eight. Yeah. 
I love how we're going to yeah. say that about every tall, bad wide receiver now. <laughs> <laughs> Switch him to tight end and turn him into a waller. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so speaking of tight ends, I, I know we talked that Dan Arnold is gone and they have whatever cast-offs from other teams. Does it really matter if they have a fantasy-relevant tight end on their team? Like you were saying, they're always running four wide. Does it really matter? Or is there someone that, that can fill that role? I mean, there's not a lot out there left on free agency. You know, some old guys that are well past their prime. Uh, Jordan it, Reed. Yeah. That's about it, right? Uh, but, you know, I mean, if they drop Kyle Pitts, that's about it. Other than that, yeah, I probably, probably wouldn't really care anything for the, the Arizona tight end. Yeah, no, they're better off if they ever do play a tight end. It's one that can block well. I think right. that's what they're yeah. like. That's what Dan Arnold truly was, right? Like you, you don't think of Dan Arnold the receiving uh, savant in any way, shape, or form. He, I mean, he's a big dude, so he can catch some touchdowns, and that's what he did. But especially with a guy who runs around like Kyler does, you want someone who's big and kind of fast to be able to pass block a little bit. So, I, no, I don't think they're going to really have a fantasy relevant tight end, or at least a consistent, consistent, consistently fantasy relevant tight end words that was a lot of words i'm proud of you for that honestly that was a hodgepodge to put together there i secretly always wanted kyle rudolph to go to the cardinals so that he could be out of everybody's life you know oh. he would just go block like the wasteland yeah and i, I wanted him hit. on the seahawks i'm not gonna lie i mean gerald really? everett is just fine but he's he's this he's a seahawks player look he's you know big dude can yeah. block really well and he can only thing they ever use tight ends for is in the end zone. And that's what Kyle Rudolph does. He catches touchdowns. So like he was a perfect fit to me. And then the giants, I, whatever, man, but that's so random, uh, right? yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I, it's, it's funny. Like I was, I remember Kyle Rudolph coming into the league and he was <laughs> one of those guys with like uh Ladarius green or all of these tight no, ends. Yeah, we're yeah. just like, this is the year, man. This is this is his year. <laughs> he's coming back. He's super athletic. He's gonna do it. He's the next guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then Vasantyshenko just catches eighteen touchdowns and pushes Kyle Rudolph down. You know, like it was. I I want Kyle Rudolph to be a thing more than anything, just because of something like that. It's just he was always the guy where this is the year. Next year it's gonna be. Next year it's gonna be. The- <laughs> you can pull out all those tweets from 2015 and rub them in everybody's faces now that he finally became a thing. Like that's what you were hoping for. <laughs> oh yeah, like I've been. I saved my Corey Davis tweets for for what was that like four or five years. I oh, am. Yeah. I mean, if only I was on Twitter for Devontae Parker, then you know I probably would have been able to rub those in too. And I kind of held on. I keep. I was about to say I keep those receipts, but I don't. I don't even know how to search on Twitter. So no, I don't. <laughs> the search on Twitter is so ridiculously bad. Cumbersome. No. I'll tell you. Yeah, what. No, I'm sorry. I've tried to search for mm-hmm. it before, and yeah, I didn't. I didn't get far. I don't even. I don't even bother doing <laughs> it anymore. If I can't scroll to find it, I'm not finding it. <laughs> it just is gone. <laughs> All right. One last question here for the Cardinals, then we'll move on uh, to one of your guys' teams here uh, where you can be a little bit more excited about it. So Chase Edmonds, right now he's the lead dog in that backfield. I'm assuming they're going to bring in someone else. Chances are it's not going to be a first-round pick, especially where they're picking. And then they've got one in the middle of the second round, but then nothing until the fifth. And I know there's some guys out there in free agency that haven't been signed yet. Your Todd Gurley's or James Conner. Do you see one of those guys coming in? And do you see Chase Edmonds still being the 1A of what would be, I'm assuming, a committee at that point? I mean, if if they brought... One of the guys, sorry, specifically Ty Gurley or James Conner. I think I think that'll be a win for uh, 
for Chase Edmonds. But actually, I wrote an article about Edmonds uh, a couple of weeks ago as a sale. I, I think he's a dead man walking. I think they're they're one of the teams that like running back has to be towards the the top of their their priority list in the draft. Because if you think about it, I mean they they've had several opportunities to you know to give Chase the job. Like when David Johnson fell off, they kind of ha- had a chance to put him in there, but they decided to trade for Drake. Uh, then even after the year, you know, Drake could have walked, but they, you know, gave him the, the transition tag and even now. So I just, yeah, I just think Chase, he's one of those guys. He'll be a great kind of, you know, 1A or, or secondary guy. But yes, yeah, you can get like an early second or something for somebody that's treating him as a, a starting running back right now. I'll, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind shipping him out. Yeah. I, I think we've seen that Chase Edmonds can't handle a full workload. He, anytime, you know, Kenyon Drake got hurt, David Johnson got hurt, he would look great for about three quarters and then bust up his ankle. It's just it just seems to kind of keep happening. So I think it would be great if like James Conner is almost a perfect kind of fit back there because mm-hmm. they're both kind of the same thing. <laughs> I mean, Edmonds <laughs> is a little faster, but uh, to me, it would be better for Edmonds to either a get someone, you know, I made the joke about Trey Sermon before, but like get a straight up two down back in front of him or get someone exactly like him, because, mm-hmm. you know, if there's someone that's exactly like him chances are they'll do kind of what they did with Kenyon Drake, where they just randomly change them out for no real reason. You know, just, okay, this is your drive, you go. You know, like the Falcons used to do with Freeman and Coleman, you know, just mm-hmm. it had, there was no real reason. It wasn't situational. It's just like, no, no, I, you looked at me funny, so <laughs> now <you're> <laughs> yeah. Fresh you're legs. Hard. We just want the freshest of fresh legs that we got over here. Let's oh. send one of them in. I love Connor to the Cardinals. I, I'm a big, big fan of that. And mm-hmm. I think it would do very well for uh, for the value there with Chase. I mean, Chase Edmonds was not unusable last year in those types yeah. of situations. Yeah, he was like, what, RB25 or something? RB25 yeah, in PPR formats. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, you if you can too. hit that with that limited of workload, that's great. Hey, you're a Lamar Miller, right? You're not a, a big-time, like, three-down <laughs> back, and that's okay, too. Not everybody there has to be There was, like, 20 one. minutes where he should have been one. In Houston, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's everybody just, goes. Miami's to not, you, Matt, Miami's not using him right. I'm telling you, he's going to go to another team. They're going to, no, okay, he, <laughs> no, he's going to go to another team. They're going to use him. Nope. I was probably I mean, a huge Patrick Foreman fan. So that was like, oh. I was running against him. Unfortunately, just everybody took the L in that backfield. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I think the real answer is Travis Etienne to the Cardinals. I was, was going to say Javante Williams, but yeah, I'll, I'll take him too. Yeah, too. I'll take that too. Yeah, everything yeah, I was yeah. saying about Edmonds, it's, it's only if they draft, like I said, one of the, the top, uh, I would say four. So I would include like Gainwell if he goes there too. I would oh, really see, like him. Okay. I think Edmonds is kind of screwed if Gainwell comes in because hmm. I think Gainwell's better than at what Edmonds does. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Any of the top, like I said, those four rookie running backs, right? I'll prefer, I think that would be bad for Edmonds. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, they, yeah, yeah. Like if all they do is like just Gurley, Connor, or, you know, one of the like the lighter running backs, then, then yeah, that. I'll change my tune, and yeah, I'll, I'll be in on Edmonds like a an RB2 might as well. Let's all just wish for Lamar Miller to go there, and that way everybody's happy. <laughs> He'll be like he's... that placeholder back to know that, all right, my guy is safe. They signed Miller. <laughs> yeah, see, he's trying to, he's trying to keep <laughs> up with Frank Gore. That's what I'm telling you, Lamar Miller. He's just going to get one contract and never play, but – Frank, he'll be in the league just as long as Frank Gore was. Well, Gore is trying to play with his son. He's got one more year to go. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only real reason. Like, has he said that? Because otherwise, I can't think of a real reason he's still yeah, in the league. It's pretty, it's, it has to be it. Like, right? why would you, like, you're a 40 year old running back going to the Jets. Like, what are you doing with your life? What else are you doing? He's just, <laughs> he's just trying to run up the clock and play with his son. It could be a cool story on ESPN. Yeah. Probably be yeah, the first yeah. father son combo in the NFL, and, you know, they'll make history. 
I mean, Frank Gore already is what, like fifth, I think, on all time running, and, and by like a decent amount. So, like, so he's up there. And if anything, let's face it, at this point, it's just because he's still around. <laughs> so <laughs> ultimate compiler. <laughs> Look, if, if he can, can get, get two hundred yards the next eighteen seasons, he's going to top that list yeah, eventually. Exactly. <laughs> get three, four hundred yards a year. Take a rest, and you know, sooner or later, you'll you'll be the Russian champion. Right? Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on here, uh, Russ, to your Seattle Seahawks uh, team, which Jake and I just love to hate here as Don't Packer worry. fans. Uh, they, 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 they've heard us right here more times than I can count. So, um, so how are you feeling about your your Seahawks here? I mean, they they finished first in the division, twelve and four last year. All right. So you want the real answer or the Seahawks fan answer? No <laughs> real. We want real. <laughs> I've wanted P. Carroll and John Schneider out of town for about four years now. Oh. I, mm. from the second that, I mean, any, like the second the Legion of Boom died, P. Carroll's had nothing. Like, you were able to hold on to a little bit because you still had, you know, Richard Sherman. You, you know, you still had Earl Thomas a little bit. You still had Cam Chancellor a little bit. And then they're gone. Everybody just... It's not the same, no matter what you do. And the league has changed at this point where getting guys like Shaq Griffin, who was pretty much Richard Sherman light, doesn't fit anymore because it's not all about the X receivers. It's about the slot guys. And their mm. defense, besides their linebackers, are so slow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> their fastest, their fastest player on defense is probably KJ Wright, which shouldn't be the case. Mm -hmm. So uh, no, I, I, I want them to be bad. It's really what it's, it's the worst <laughs> thing to say. Like, I wanted them to trade Russ. I wanted, and everyone, it's funny. Like, everyone's like, you're such a spoiled fan that you're willing to let them trade Russell Wilson. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, yes, fine. I get that. But like, did I, you I hear just, what happened with the trade about how Pete Carroll shut it down? Like, apparently they had one done, but Pete Carroll was like, I'm too old to go through a rebuild. So he, they had a trade done with the Bears, like in a print, in principle. But uh, apparently, yeah, Pete Carroll was the one that shut it down because like, he, he didn't want to go through a rebuild. So Just feeding your fire of hatred for Pete Carroll now. <laughs> hey, the, the trade wasn't great. Like, I mean, there are going to be three late firsts in consecutive years. Uh, a dude and two dudes that they they cut because they can't. Right. <laughs> Fuller so, and who else was it? Uh, Akeem Hicks. Oh yeah, that? Hicks. Right. And and they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're probably yeah. better than most people that the Seahawks have on their defense. But. Eh. When you're getting Russ, Russell Wilson, you want something. You sound exactly like Dustin and I about two to three to four years ago in the Mike McCarthy tail end era mm -hmm. of the Packers. It's just, look, we know what it is. We know what to expect. We're going to get to this point. We're never going to get further. Not a, not a chance. So I mm. was on that side of like, let's just tank a season mm. to fully yeah. get this guy out of here and let's move on <laughs> with our lives. Let's recalibrate next year. It sounds like That's a, a post-Pete Carroll world would be your dream. At this Absolutely. Point. And it's funny. Like, I sit here calling the Seahawks mediocre and completely forgetting they somehow won 12 games last year. <laughs> but that team wasn't good. Russ is a magician, dude. Like, yeah, I hate really playing Russell Wilson. Like, <laughs> he just does stuff that you're not supposed to be able to get away no. with. It's so frustrating. <laughs> and they pick, they just picked the perfect wide receivers for him. And that's really all it is. The line is terrible. The running game was terrible. The defense is terrible. 
Russ Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. That's five wins on their own. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and towards the end of the year, they got Carlos Dunlap and uh, Jamal Adams came back healthy. So their defense did get a little better, but that I wanted them to miss the playoffs so bad. And of course, everyone's calling me, in, you know, bad names and a bad fan. But it's just like, it's for the, for the greater right. good. I got to bite the bullet, you know. Yeah. yeah, been stuck in that middle phase is like the worst. I mean, you just yeah. like are barely a playoff team and you never get an early pick. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the thing is they're always they're going to make the playoffs. Like I don't know what it is about the NFC West, but there's just especially now that they expanded playoffs, I feel like three teams are always going to make it, it is, depending right? mm-hmm. Like and I just I it's bad for the long run and I I'm I'm ready for full on turnover just you know, let's browns it for a couple Ready of years. Ready to lose. <laughs> you can tune out mm-hmm. for a couple of seasons and just see what's what. You know? Look, I need a couple of, a couple of seasons just to really focus on my fantasy. So Seahawks <laughs> just kind of lay down for a little bit. Yeah. So is that relationship with Russ and management slash Pete Carroll, is it like gone too far where this season is just going to be a train wreck between them? Or how do you see that playing out now? Yeah, Russ Wilson doesn't have it in him not to be a good soldier. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's hard like to see his, him his, his that's his personality, and it's corny as hell. But it's it, it's perfect. That's what a quarterback is supposed to be. And then he tries to have some swag, and it just comes off so bad. <laughs> he is so lame. Oh but, man, it is. But, like it, he's so weird. I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's stomping his feet or anything. I, if anything, he'll just keep it to himself until he finally ends up on another team, and then he'll have someone else put out a cryptic right, tweet for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like it, it'll be like super passive aggressive. You won't even notice it. Oh, yeah, it is the most noise he's made. Not. It is and the most noise he's it. ever made, though, isn't he? It's I such mean, a weird truly. situation, right? Yeah, it's like I yeah, don't want to be traded, true. but here's a list teams that you know if you just happen to be talking with them like what they, i don't get who does that <laughs> russell wilson <laughs> russell wilson exactly. mr talent himself mm-hmm. does that that's right yeah. mr yeah. unlimited <laughs> and i'll be I'll, I'll be honest as a packer fan i'm glad the trade with the bears didn't happen because the thought of oh, having yes. to face him twice a year mm. is terrifying I, it really is i mean he yeah but robinson and mooney that would be oh. Oh, no, God. no. Russell Wilson to A-Rob? Yes. Yes. I yeah, my A-Rob. fantasy team would love that. Yeah. But my real-life yeah. Sunday football would suffer so drastically. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. Red get, for. Get him out of the West, dude. We got too many quarterbacks in here. Especially like the 49ers about to get one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, take the wrong we can one, outlet a little bit of talent. Yeah, well, can I just say right off the bat that, like, all of you now, all of our guests at this point have talked about how tough this division is. Basically, because oh, all of you are agreeing on that, which I feel like is nice to have common ground that you're all ready. <laughs> That's the only thing, right? This is a tough division. So you're all giving everybody at least a little bit of respect, which is just sweet. That's all I want to well, call. I mean, that's it's, it's kind of the way it should be, right? Like it should be respect blanketed in hatred. Kind of like that's like my I, I, I'm a Seahawks fan, but my favorite rivalry is still the Steelers and the Ravens because oh yeah, like. Behind closed doors, they'll say how much they respect the other one. But the second anyone's within like six miles of an earshot, they're dead. They're the worst. They're trash. Like, but they're, 
it's the hardest games you'll ever see get played. Mm-hmm. And they'll be so angry when they're talking about it right after it happened, right before it happened. But then a week later, they'll be like, yo, man, no, that's the Steelers. That's what they do. That's why we like playing against them. That's why we hate them. And it's just like, yeah, that that's sports. That's what it's supposed to be. Like, you, you hate them because you kind of have to, but you respect the hell out of them. Like, that, that, see, that's what I love. And it's funny, like, my best friend's actually a 49ers fan. <laughs> so, so we do have that same level of loving each other, but just like completely making fun of each other for it. <laughs> I really hope the NFL starts adopting like rivalry night for Thursday night football. Like Thursday night football should only be divisional games. Oh, that would yeah, actually be hard. That'd be like, awesome. When you, like, when you, like when the Jets used to play the the Patriots all the time when they suck, like they were just it was rare that it was just complete blowout when you have mm-hmm. those divisional games. But I think yeah, I think I think that'd be a great idea because like you were just, saying, it's just no, no, it's always a little bit of something extra when you're playing a division at NFL. I mean, people have said it. Like, I'm not the only one. Like people, I, I've, I've never heard that before. before, so I'm going to say oh, it's you your it? idea. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's idea from henceforth. <laughs> maybe like maybe like my my uh, retweet would be like the last straw to finally get it. Get Let's it, do like, it. A, a tweet it out. Idea. I'll retweet that. No. Yeah, yeah. Same Thursday night football rivalry day or rivalry rivalry night. Yeah, and like it's just the, that markets itself. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's one exactly right. Br- brought to you by Andrew Metcalf. Like, I mean, like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll, I'll take a little cut, right? A little cut off of it. <laughs> uh, so, um, free agency for Seattle. Not much to talk about. I, I put in the show sheet here their notable losses, and I use that term lightly because <laughs> I, I I don't feel like a any of these these losses for you were were big hits to the team you had carlos hyde philip dorsett david moore and jacob hollister um you retained chris carson which i think is good for for the team itself um and then as you already brought up russ uh brought in gerald everett over from the rams um what are are your thoughts on on those free agency moves well i love to bring it back carson uh Mm -hmm. i he you're never going to have another Marshawn Lynch is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Chris Carson is the closest they've had. He's the only good, consistent player they've had. It sucks that he will miss four games every single season. Uh, but I, I just, he's, I like him. I'm, and as a player, it seems like he's a great person as well. So I'm all, I'm so happy they brought him back. Uh, I like Jevil. I liked bringing back, bringing in, that's the word, Gerald Everett. Uh, he's good. He was always good. I they he was sort of squished in a Rams offense that had two tight ends but doesn't like to use the tight end. Mm-hmm. So it, it he needed to get out of there. I'm glad he did, and I'll absolutely take him, even though it doesn't really matter because the Seahawks don't use the tight end. They had Jimmy frickin' Graham and just used him in the end zone because that's what you do with tight ends in Seattle. So well, to it, be it's fair, a, it's, it's a Jimmy cool Graham. Signing. Well, it was Jimmy Graham before <laughs> yeah, he was completely right, 30, dead. Thirty-four-year-old, yeah, Jimmy Graham. Hey, 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 he was fine with the Bears last season, all right? He was fine. He was a competent old man, and he did what he had to do. I might, okay, I say this in complete jest, but I probably could have ran just as fast as Jimmy Graham did last season. <laughs> he so Watching slow. him run made me tired. Like, it, was, it was tough to watch. But no, he was rev up to get, yeah. <laughs> but no, he wasn't completely dead on his first year or two on, on Seattle, no. and they still just did not use him whatsoever. They just I loved the signing. I'm like, wait, but why did they? I'm like, oh man, they traded for Jimmy. Why did they trade for Jimmy yeah. Graham again? <laughs> yeah, certain right, certain things just it doesn't really matter who the, the tight end is. He would just be in like the 
the field of like the other twenty, you know, streaming tight ends that you just so, whoever catches the touchdown, pretty much. That's exactly what Gerald Everett's going to be. He's going to mm-hmm. be that's somewhere in tight end eight to twenty nine. Right, a huge tier, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that giant other... beefy middle of tight ends that you don't <laughs> yeah. even want to touch in your draft, probably. Mm-hmm. Now, I am very curious because this is the only overlap. I mean, this is interdivision that this happened, or interdivision, sorry. I know the difference between words. In the same division. In the same division, <laughs> Gerald Everett skips teams. Thank you for that safe rest. But he goes from the Rams to the Seahawks. So you're kind of meh about this rest, it seems like, from a signing standpoint. From a nice loss seat. standpoint, Andrew, just since we're on the, the topic, do you, are you fine with that? Are you excited for Higby because of that? Do you care about this literally at all? Yeah, to me, as we're kind of similar to, I guess, the NFC West, and I think about it, well, other than the 49ers, obviously, it's kind of just a, a dead tight end division. Because, yeah, again, it's just, I mean, it was when you combine, uh, like, Higby, Higby's and Everett's numbers, it was still, like, well, other, outside of that, like, crazy stretch he had at the end of 2019, it was still just kind of like, maybe you get tight end 12 or, you know, or 13. So I would say, yeah, I mean, as far as Everett being out, this, I mean, this, this may make Higby a little bit more, more consistent, maybe like more of that, you know, ten to twelve range, but still it's just these teams are just not not they're they they're run by the receivers and the the running backs. So tight end is just not not a priority for either one. So I'm mad about it. And like I said, I just kinda wanna comment on the Chris Carson thing. I was pretty I was pretty vocal uh about like my love for Rashad Penny Penny and I was still holding out hope. So I'm still that was still kind of a blow for me. Like one I, of thought, the reasons... I really thought he was uh Gonna take, yeah. a, take a step. One of the reasons I'm glad they constantly <laughs> take away their first round pick. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, Come so on, he's, a, he's the, Hakeem, uh, the Hakeem Butler of that backfield. You just have to hold for oh, another God. eight years, and then he will be dynamite. <laughs> like a Carlos Hyde, Frank Gore type of career. Just <laughs> get better with age. Without all the good uh, first part of it, it's yeah, just going to be the tail yeah. end once they hit like 30. Exactly. Yeah. Just pour pour one out for Penny. <laughs> That's a good T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hashtag it. And then this is this is going to be more of a, a redraft question here for you guys. Um, since we we are mostly redraft focused this time of year, we talk a little bit more dynasty. But uh, with the two wide receivers there in Seattle of Lockett and Metcalf, who would you rather have? At at their current ADP, right? Based on the value, yeah. It's it's still DK for me because yeah, I just I don't know if Lockett. He seems like one of those players that he's probably better for like his real life NFL team than he is necessarily for for fantasy because yeah, just I know a lot of people like to take like the big swings and the upside, but I just I don't really like those guys where you don't know if he's gonna score three touchdowns or three points. Like you just never know what they're gonna do with Tyler Lockett from week three. So yeah, even if it's I mean, I don't know where he's been drafted with third round, fourth round. I'm hoping Lockett he's not in the second round. Much later no, I'm sorry, that. I'm sorry, DK. Oh no, yeah, DK's probably uh, second round. Well, I mean, you know, well, second round's pretty high, but I I I probably yeah, I would still just take take the monster in DK. Mm-hmm. It's funny. You can see the evolution of DK Metcalf, not by DK Metcalf, but by Tyler Lockett's fantasy scores. <laughs> He's just <laughs> fading. Yeah, and there was, and this season there was one game, that one weird the one game, <laughs> where Patrick Peterson just shut down DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. and Tyler Lockett went for two hundred and six yards and three touchdowns or whatever mm-hmm. the hell it was. It's insane. But like that was literally a quarter of Tyler Lockett's points this year. That game. Mm-hmm. I was and gonna I ask because did not. 
Tyler Lockett actually exceed Metcalf in total targets for the season this year? Like, just he just scraped by. Did I'm he? assuming it's because of that game, literally. Yeah, because right. he, 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 like he probably targets. got about 17 <laughs> targets in that game. No, it's – I like Tyler Lockett. I've always been a fan of him. You know, I, I always, in the beginning, when he wasn't being used as much, like, I wanted – him and uh, Doug Baldwin to be such a thing. And then they drafted DK, and I'm just like, all right, that's okay. And then when they started be- uh, together, they were doing really freaking well. Like, at that time, like, DK, like, what was that, last year, DK's rookie year? I feel like at this point, it feels like it's been forever. But, like, there was a time where yeah. you could use both of them in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then right. the start of this year, you're like, okay, maybe. And you're like, okay, no. <laughs> you know, this Rush is DK's team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. And every year, Pete Carroll comes out and says, up oh, next year, we're going to establish the run again. And it's just, I, I don't, I don't care how much later you take Tyler Lockett. I'm not, I have him on zero dynasty teams. I'm not going to draft him on any, uh, any redraft teams. Yeah, I had him last year on my uh, SFB team, and the one week where he went off, it was great. But the rest of the season, it was – I mean, I kind of felt like did I had to start him because it was – Did you, know? you play him that game, though? Yeah, I did. And I won that week, you that. know. So I, I I had one good win there. But, I, yeah, the rest of the time it was – oh, it was just painful to have him on your, in your lineup. It was – Yeah. All you guys are going to miss out on his 900-point game next year, and you're going to feel real <laughs> sheepish about this take. I'm just saying. I mean, I, I'm, I guarantee I'm going against the two in every one of my leagues. That <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how it always goes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on uh, to your Rams here, Andrew. Uh, they were 10-6 and six last year, finished third in the division. No, that should be second. Um, I know how to uh, – type in based yeah, on the uh, right yeah so uh second in division <laughs> at 10 in six um they've had a pretty big off season i guess you could say here um trading away their number one pick to detroit and getting stafford back in return uh how do you feel about this trade and do you consider it an upgrade over golf so yeah i, I had mixed feelings about this trade when it when it first came out there were just a lot of a lot of emotions coming in at me like i guess like saying the just i kind of just saw like sticker shock just when i saw like the two first round picks attached to it but i mean the the more i looked at it and i really dug into it like golf like i had always kind of been a golf defender like even just outside of being a rams fan just for fantasy in general like he's like he's always like a top 12 13 quarterback not much more you can ask for that but he just he regressed so so badly this this past year it was just I didn't even like recognize him from you know his first couple of years with with McVay and just especially with the uh, the deep ball in particular too. It was, that was the reason why just towards the end of the year, Cam Akers he was getting all these carries, but like teams would just stack the box again because they just they had no respect for our for our deep game. So I think yeah, bring, like bringing in Stafford who has the the better arm, better deep ball accuracy, um, Deshaun through like the the three or four games that we'll get him for. I'm sure like that'll probably be fun. <laughs> But uh, I think yeah, I, I've settled on it now that I'm yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about it. Like I mean, the first round picks, hopefully they'll be you know just late late first rounders, and I mean if we can you know make a a super another Super Bowl run in this you know two or three window we'll have, I'll 
I'd rather take that than, you know, chasing chasing first-round picks every year. Because, hey, you want to know a time where Rams did have a lot of first-round picks? When they were losing games with Jeff Fisher. Every year. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, having a first-round pick is not is not everything. So, so yeah, at, at the end of the day, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think, I think uh, McVay can finally kind of do – he can take the training wheels off of his offense and do – you know what? What he was really has been been trying to do for the last couple of years. So, we'll see. I fucking love that perspective, by the way, of the picks and when we have picks, it's because we're yeah, losing. Because like, so that is people, my like, thought in fantasy first football. Round picks, like, dude, we we yes. had so many bad first round picks that just yes. sucked. Like, dude, I'll take winning games over picks. One hundred percent. Yeah, that is me in fantasy football. I trade away all my early yeah, that's, that's fantasy I don't want to deal with it. Like, I'll take the Matthew Stafford of the world in exchange for these picks because I don't exactly. want it to be on me to make the right decisions. <laughs> right. But yeah, as far as like fantasy wise, I think like Stafford, I think picture him kind of like the first half of 2019 when remember the the Jim Bob Cooter era when everybody kind of got all hyped about oh, yeah. Stafford. Mm-hmm. I mean, it fell off, but I think. Like with McVeigh, we're gonna get the the Jim Bob Cooter Stafford again, like top ten fantasy quarterback. Like I'm, I'm probably being a homer about it too, but I'm like I said, I'm I'm excited, man. I think I think we'll kind of get back to those you know exciting McVeigh offense days versus trying to like at this last year it kind of turned into McVeigh kind of managing golf and trying to keep him from like losing the game. So now we can kind of get after it again. So How yeah, I'm excited for not Stafford make you fuck this game up. Exactly, like, this, and yeah. you can tell like McVay is—he just be so stressed calling plays on the sideline because he's just like, God, I want to call this, but fucking golf, dude, he's gonna fuck it up. <laughs> I don't know he is. <laughs> All right, just do a vibe with Acres. So he can't call this. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think yeah, I, I think we'll kind of yeah get get back to the um, you know, I almost had greatest show on turf, not that far back, but you know, like 20, 2017, 2018 rounds when the the Wonder Boy the Wonder Boy McVay came around. I mean, think about it, like. Like exactly, the Wonder Boy McVeigh was forced to play two tight ends. Like that—that's not what he's supposed to be playing. But that's how bad his quarterback was. And that was yeah. part of the offensive line too, which our offensive line got better. But yeah, part of that was just yeah, we we had a we needed an extra offensive line in to block uh, back in 2019. But that was another thing that you know we stayed healthy and um yeah, if, if they can stay healthy, like I said, I, I like Acres too as a like I'm I'm all aboard the Acres RB one train. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, so no, I'm I'm terrified of this team. I, I will say that like that that this team with a real quarterback is scary. Like this is we're getting back to remember Goff was like the QB what like four that he year was, he was QB seven yeah like McVay's that's what it was yeah and now they have a real quarterback like that let's not put two words about it Stafford's really damn good mm-hmm. you know and now he's going to be in a very good system with more than just one dude to catch the ball. Like this, this is going to be very good. And let's face it, their only real hole was quarterback. You know, like this team is is really damn good. And it was like, I remember like, oh man, two first, all of this. Like, no, you go win your Super Bowl. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. Like, you you can't do it very often. Like, you don't get as lucky as the people. You're not lucky to do what the Patriots did. <laughs> like, let's put it that way. Like there was talent there, but like you, this isn't riding the rookie quarterback contract. So you have to just like, you know, hurry it out. Like no, like your team is this damn good. You don't have to build around. You have it. Go mm-hmm. pay for the quarterback and go win because two losing seasons. Sean McVay is probably fired. Maybe he drops back to offensive coordinator for a couple of years till he gets a chance again. They right, win a Super Bowl. Like, a he's yeah, never fallen back down. Mm-hmm. He'll 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 jump into that boys club of always getting hired. Shana, as he'll be Shanahan somewhere. status. 
Yeah, exactly. That'll be like a, that'll probably they'll probably be like going at it in the NFC West for the next you know 10, 10 15 plus years. That'd be pretty fun to see. But and then Kyle Sh- Kyle Shanahan's son will be coaching the. Uh, yeah, the Seahawks. I'll take it. <laughs> no. Yeah, they did quite the uh, fantasy football move where they they knew they were a contender and just went all in, paid the first for the quarterback and now, push them over the edge. You know, <laughs> it's, you gotta gotta respect that. So I'm gonna play here. Uh, quick clip from Andy on his thought about Stafford to the Rams and then want to get your guys' opinion on it. You know, we haven't got to see the Matthew Stafford-led Rams yet, and um, as a Cardinal fan, I don't think I want to see that. I mean, (laughs) I I really love Matthew Stafford, and so it's just brutal to have him move into the division because I want to see him have success. When you leave Detroit, you want to see those players have success. You know, Sean McVay is a great coach, so... This is why it's not fair. Our car- the Cardinals <laughs> in this division, I mean, you're naming three teams that can all compete. Any disagreements there with what uh, Andy said? No, like he, he should be scared. <laughs> He's 100% right. <laughs> I love that. Oh, bring it down with some fire. Now, I, I want to ask as a follow-up to Andy's interlude there, is, of course, he's nervous about Stafford now becoming basically, it sounds like, the trifecta from hell of quarterbacks because now it's not just Kyler Murray uh, that is leading their team, and we don't really have to worry about it aside from Russell Wilson. But also now we have Matthew Stafford and a QB to be determined for San Francisco, and we'll see who it is. But if it ends up with one of those top picks, <laughs> like we think it's going to be, if it's going to yeah. be one of those top three, you now have four quarterbacks in this division that can crush on any single game. What are your odds, as as fans of opposite teams here, uh, Matthew Stafford in redraft, how high do you actually put him? You don't have to. Like, where is he going to score or where is he going to get drafted? Because he's still going to get drafted super late because he's Matthew Stafford. Where is he going to score? Easily top 10. Okay. Yeah, if I I were doing, like, my quarterback range, I would guess I would probably have, like, QB 11. Like, right in that range, yeah, 10 10 or 11, right like, the edge of QB 1. And I think he'll outscore that. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. I like that. Dustin, have you done your QB rankings yet? I haven't. I have not updated them since – free agency started and at this point i'll probably just wait until the draft and then the draft uh, right so much yeah yeah, so much stuff is going to change if it makes you feel any better i've never done rankings so (laughs) i love it you're my spirit animal russ i don't do things i talk that's literally all i do you know i've never written an article i don't do rankings i I just i talk can you do an audiobook so i can just hear your life story at this point because that's all i really want you don't have to write it you can have somebody else talk it out for you yeah are you kidding i if I would do that, I would literally just be laying down, laying in bed, just arms behind my head, and just <laughs> reminiscing of days past and stuff like that. Yeah. The way it ought be. But yeah, Matt Stafford, he creates a real problem for the division for sure. Mm-hmm. Dustin, I know I'm not just speaking for myself. We're so happy to have him out of the NFC North. <laughs> like, I take that trade of Jared Goff. Absolutely. All right, yeah. Now you can completely write the, mm-hmm. the Lions off from doing anything for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What are you going to do? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if I had to rank the QBs in your division right now, I don't know what I would do from a fantasy perspective. Kyler, to me, is still going to be the top. top. Mm -hmm. Everybody else below him gets real dicey. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm I'm still taking Kyler over Josh Allen. 
um, well, both Dynasty and Redraft. Because again, I think people, some people, yeah, kind of forget because Kyler was still playing, but that like that shoulder injury that really kind of yeah mm-hmm. hurt him. Like like he was he still kind of had that that rushing for it, but no, he like Kyler was he was like the QB two for the most of the season, wasn't he? So he was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and he was crushing it in the beginning too. So yeah, no, I'm with you, uh, Kyler. Easy first, and if. I'm glad I didn't have to make the decision. I did so. Uh, I did a startup uh, for Trade Addicts Nine, and I did something. And you know, when everyone wants to trade backwards, you might as well just start trading up, right? Sure. So mm-hmm. I ended up trading yeah. up for the 101 and the 103. No. And, and thankfully, you know, I grabbed Mahomes first, and then thankfully Josh Allen went too because I wanted Kyler, mm-hmm. and I'm so and I'm glad oh, I. Didn't so you have started to... out with Mahomes, uh, Kyler. Yeah, Mahomes, Kyler, and then I didn't have a pick until the end of the fourth. <laughs> for a decade, I get a quarterback. Yep. So nice. Yeah. So, so we, I think we all agree that Stafford is an upgrade over Goff here. So which of those position players, uh, whether it's wide receivers or, you know, one of the running backs, who gets the biggest uptick here in production with Stafford there? Everyone. Just everyone across the board. That offense so, is going to be better, and everyone's going to benefit from it. That's, all right. That's, that's like honestly the way it is i think like robert woods is kind of like marvin jones-esque so maybe he like maybe he latches to him a bit i love van jefferson so i want him to be a thing i will he i don't know he might be a little too buried but josh reynolds is gone josh reynolds is gone yeah Mm -hmm. well again it's just i mean like deshaun will play you know four or five games but as long like once deshaun is out i think yeah van he'll he'll have he'll get six or seven targets a game, kind of like what, what Reynolds was getting. And that, I mean, to me, towards the end of the season, there were some games where Reynolds and Cup were kind of hand-in-hand, and they were kind of behind Woods as kind of the, the 2A, 2B. But I think, yeah, kind of like what you said, Russ, I think if I had to call out one player, I would say, yeah, Robert Woods is probably the – I think the target discrepancy between Woods and Cup is going to kind of start start favoring Woods a bit just because golf – he was just—he was just really close on a personal level to Cup. Like I think, like they were roommates through training camp. They were just really close. So Cup was kind of his, you know, his safety valve. Where mm-hmm. Afford is a a bit of a different type of quarterback that doesn't mind pushing the the ball down. So I, I think, yeah, Woods have kind of become the clear one now with you know Cup becoming a one B or two A, <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of yeah. in between uh, <laughs> Woods and like whoever the the uh, third receiver is going to be. Yeah. So Woods has always been flirting with that wide receiver one territory. Uh, do you see him getting into that top 12 this season? It'll come down to touchdowns. He just, he's always, he's got like, kind of like with DJ Moore, like he only scores three or four touchdowns, but if, if he has like a six or seven touchdown season, yeah, he, he can easily be a, a top 10 receiver, especially when you include the, the rushing attempts too. He'll use like, he'll have, you know, two or three of those outside sweeps a game and he, he can take him to the house. He's like one of those sneaky fast type of dudes where like he does, it doesn't look like he's like burning people, but like you see him, like he has the, the big play ability. So again, I, I can't, it's hard to predict touchdowns, but I, yeah, he'll probably kind of be in that, that same range of the, the borderline wide receiver one. Robert Woods, you just hear his name and you're like, that guy can't be fast. Robert Woods. Robert. Like, there's no <laughs> way this guy is that quick. And he gets, uh, he gets every time. As somebody who is a huge Robert Woods fan, uh, mm-hmm. especially this past season. And I, I just have him literally everywhere. All of my teams have Robert Woods because I can't get away from him. I'm very excited about what you're both saying here. <laughs> yeah, man, so, and especially like when guys like that, they kind of start off slow. They never shake kind of that, you know, that sleeper. Like Robert Woods, like if he started off and had a career or a, like a rookie season like CeeDee Lamb or Higgins or something, he like people probably would be considering him as like a like – Not in Buffalo. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. got like none of them, right? <laughs> a top ten, top twelve receiver. But it's like when you when you suck to start off. Like it's the same with Ryan Tannehill. Even though, like he's a QB one, but people you still don't really associate with him with that because you start all those those bad years, right? <laughs> oh man, that is such the like. I never thought I would see so much Sam Darnold talk on on Twitter. It's like <laughs> can't wait to see how that all shakes out. Yeah, that's going to be uh, interesting to say the least. I, I'm excited for it. I think that's a good move uh, that the Panthers did here. Um, getting off topic, though. Uh, so <laughs> so Cam, Cam Akers, is he the real deal? Is is he going to be an RB1 this season? I love Cam. So I, as far as the – like if you – like as far as the 2020 rookies, I would take – like JT is the only one I would take clearly above Cam. I kind of have Cam Akers and Swift kind of, you know, back to back or kind of on that, that same tier of kind of the, the borderline wide receiver ones that if they get the receiving work, well, Swift will have the receiving work, but if Cam Akers get the re- the receiving work that uh like Malcolm Brown used to, which I'm expecting because Malcolm Brown was actually the third round back for the rounds. It wasn't Daryl Henderson because uh, he was the blocker. So with Brown gone, like if, Cam Akers takes on that that third down role. In addition to like he already has the red zone role, uh, he's the clear lead over Henderson. Even towards the end of the season when Henderson was healthy, uh, before he got hurt again, like Cam was out carrying him like twenty to, you know, Henderson would get him for like two or three carries. But yeah, it'll come down to that passing line. Like if he you know starts getting five or six targets a game, he's like a top five wide for me. Yeah, I, I mean. He said that. That's good. I, I agree. <laughs> Do you have any concerns at all about his? Because there is some comparisons to be made for CEH and Cam in like the red zone in terms of their efficiency, because Cam Akers was not super efficient when he got his red zone opportunities. Yeah. It was kind of that Clyde Edwards Alaire level of like, oh man, why can't the guy just get in the end zone already? Do you have any concern about that? Or is that maybe just more a function of the offense? But the important thing is they never replaced him. So it doesn't matter. That's fair. That is fair, right? Because like, after a while, they, they pulled Ceh from the red from the goal line. They can they never pulled Cam. So and like he was saying, like the offensive line for the Rams was like a work in progress for like a year and a half. So <laughs> they, like it came together, yeah, last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. So if if they can even build on that even more, just to get that push from that one, or you know, just get him like a little spring in his shoes so he can get over them, yeah, you know, there's no reason to think that he can't improve on that. So I. The fact that they didn't replace him, I think, speaks more than, you know, what his efficiency was or any of that. You know, it doesn't matter as long as they – it's like drops for a wide receiver. That just means he's right. getting targets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? like, so, right, one year they'll lead in drops, and then the next year they, like, won't drop a single pass. Like, that kind of yeah. stuff is just – yeah, it's typically not sticky. And actually, I'm looking forward to seeing more uh, more Cam out of the Wildcat. Like, remember, like, they, they kind of ran him in the goal line in the Wildcat package – I don't know, those playoff games. Like, I, I never, like, do you remember when the Dolphins did the Wildcat for, <laughs> yeah, like, when they first came out with, it? Yep. With, with, like, Ronnie Brown and all of that? Like, I, oh, there was Brown. enough that season that I never want to see the Wildcat again. <laughs> <laughs> what about when the, when, when the Dolphins used their kicker or punter last year in the Wildcat? Was that not pretty amazing, though? you love to see that happen. <laughs> okay, yes. Like, any anything that can glorify the punter a little bit, then let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good. But, uh, but no, like I said, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm wheels up for Acres. So yeah, I think, especially like I said, I, he he was one of the leaders as far as uh, stacked boxes faced. Just because, like I said, once they once they got towards the end of the year, it was like McVay, when Malcolm Brown is in, we're passing. When Cam Akers is in, we're running. So they just like anytime he was in, like people just stacked the box against uh, against him. So with Stafford on the line, I think yeah, it'll it'll open up stuff for him. Uh, Jackson too. 
Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm excited about it. So is there any concern that, you know, maybe they learned from the Todd Gurley experience a couple years ago where they ran him into the ground, he ended up with this arthritic knee, probably something he had before that. Um, but maybe it is more of a split backfield now and they, they don't want to wear down their, their number one guy. I just don't think they'll pay him. Exactly. I was about to say, they don't care. Like they, they <laughs> plug and chug these running backs. Just, yeah, like, like you said, run them to the ground for four years and draft somebody else. Like I said, it, it doesn't catch up into them until they're tied girlies age. And that's, yeah, that's the lesson they learned is the contract. Not the running them to the ground. <laughs> All right, plus, I mean, hopefully he doesn't get, get arthritis. Like I think that the tie girl, that was just in an unfortunate condition. And it's just, once you get that diagnosis, there's just, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, mm-hmm. you can try to cut back on his snaps, but you can see even with Atlanta, like, Girl, he just he just didn't have it, dude. Like he was losing snaps to Brian Hill and Edo Smith, Edo Smith. Who else? <laughs> uh, Olsen, like whoever. Like they just Quadre, like, my guy Quadre. Oh, you I wanted it to happen so bad. How many times? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I was stashing for for a little. while. I, I didn't really keep him for for too long. But yeah, he was kind of one of those <laughs> late round stashes for me. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the bottom dwellers of the division here, San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> again, we didn't even invite anybody on for them. That's how little we think of the San Francisco 48ers. Am I right? Am I right, everybody? You <laughs> So obviously they had their share of injuries last year, especially on the defensive side, which I think really impacted their, obviously, yeah. the offensive play. And we see that Jimmy G is on his way out uh, with the big uh, blockbuster trade that San Francisco made to move up to number three. Um, I think we're all in agreement here. They are going to be drafting a QB at three here. That's a foregone conclusion at this point. Right. Uh, but Who's the QB, though? Najee does- Harris at three. Najee. He just wants to see the world burn, man. Uh, <laughs> So oh, will will Jimmy G get a chance to start the season, or will that rookie QB just be plugged in right away and they're just going to go for it? Because I know it's Shanahan's. I mean, Shanahan's been saying all the right things where Jimmy G's our guy and yada yada yada. But I heard that before. That was yeah, exactly. Case, that was the case. The trade didn't go through. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's put that out there. No, there's. If they're smart, they don't let him touch the field again. There's no mm-hmm. reason to. You know, you if you get a hair of a chance of trading him, putting him on the field is just going to make it worse. Because let's face it, he's not going to show, not show anything that's going to raise his value. So you might as well just like, let him smile at the camera and then, you know, that'll make his trade value. <laughs> no, hey, girl, no. hey. No, it could end up being like a Miami situation where you do not want to wreck a young quarterback's confidence by keeping this old guy around who you don't even really want. Like, that was the situation with Tua a little bit last year. I would hate for that to bleed into San Francisco, like you're saying about – like, don't even let that be a possibility. Personally, I don't want to see that happen. No, the second they draft someone, they're going to say he's their guy. It's they're they're covering their bases. It's exactly what they're doing. Right, it's just That's exactly rare, what Coach speak in the off season is. You know, just in case this doesn't work out, let me let me talk up this guy. <laughs> Best shape of his life. You know, all it's that. just a respect thing. Like even like when the Colts drafted Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack is the starter. Like we love him. He's a great guy. Like he's just, 
Well, even, I don't know Marlon Mack got hurt, but I mean, do we really think, you know, he would have yeah, And you could tell <laughs> that they really did love him by giving him a contract after he blew his Achilles. Marlon Mack, we like you. You come back. Let me give you another check so you can get healthy and hopefully get a, a real contract next year. Mm-hmm. And that's what I have a feeling that kind of the, I know it's a sidebar, but I think James Conner, he might end up, I think the Steelers, they just kind of just, all right, go out there and see what we can get. You know, if you can't get anything, we'll bring you back in like a minimum deal. Pittsburgh story. Yeah. I hope they do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, just, I can see that type of thing happen too. Cause he just like physically, he just didn't have it. Like the, and I know yeah. COVID might've taken out of him, but right. Yeah, I just don't really see a, a huge, huge markup. Sorry. I know I kind of took it, took it off of the sidebar talking about the Steelers, but that's fair. Yeah. Anytime that I can talk about James Conner, I'm actually very okay with that. Cause I just <laughs> oh, love that not. dude. And that mm-hmm. story, you could not get a better story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> But no, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm with Russ. Like if they like, especially what they traded to uh get that 103 pick. Person, I hope it's still Justin Fields and all of this yes. Max Jones stuff is just like a big facade. Because I just yes. like why would you, why do you need to trade up to three overall for for Mac Jones? Like I just I don't think they wouldn't have had to trade up that high. So I think yeah, I think they're gonna shock well at least some people and yeah, go ahead with with Justin Fields and um yeah, based like based on what I've seen from Fields, like I'm. I'm really surprised that he's kind of falling below Wilson. Like I thought he was, it was going to be like Lawrence Fields kind of <laughs> written in concrete, but, but no, I, yeah, I'm, I don't think Jimmy is, uh, I think Jimmy has seen his, his last days as a starter. I hope that Fields stuff is just smoke from all these teams, like literally trying to drive his price down so that to get everybody can go get him on actual draft day. Yes. It's the only thing that makes any sense. Like what's he done to fall? Like, right. I don't get I'm- it. I mean, let's put it out there. There's there's something he has that will lead to certain NFL teams not being into him. Sure. That's a whole other conversation, but yeah. I'm sure that's got some part of it. You you know, the Johnson family, what they were the past few years, uh, I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, that's right. so gross. Mm-hmm. This is when the NFL gets so gross, and and that's why again I hope that it's all just smoke screens because otherwise it's it's just that next level gross. Mm-hmm. But like, let's assume hypothetically here. So the 49ers take I, whoever it is, and at this point, whoever goes there, I'm pretty confident in whether it's oh, yeah, Fields, whether it truly is Jones. You know, if they really do like him, fine. If it's Trey Lance, I don't care. Like whoever goes there. Cool, I'm pretty much going to be on board with you. Mm-hmm. But does that affect, like, does that really affect your your value on any of the prime pieces there in terms of your Kittle, your wide receivers? It, does Who they slot in there, is that going to adjust your value on those guys, I guess? The only thing I could think of is if they have someone who's willing to take deep shots, it might hurt Whichever guy they feel at the moment going to be the lower yak guy, the the lower ADOC guy. Because, yeah, yeah, because let's face it, Garoppolo would never, I don't know if he could throw the ball that far, no less, you know, (laughs) take the risk at throwing it that far. Because we saw the one time he tried in the Super Bowl, like two years ago, whatever that was, it didn't work well, you know. So that's the only thing I can think of is if they get a guy who's willing to throw the ball deep and who is good at it, it might hurt. A little bit, but still, Fair. anything that makes an offense better makes the players better. So getting a yep. competent quarterback will lead to more efficient rushing, which hopefully leads to less attempts, which leads to more pass attempts. So I, I'm here for them getting a – okay, fantasy-wise, I'm here for them getting a better quarterback. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen George Kittle be a stud with, uh, like, Nick Mullins at quarterback. So, yeah, Kittle, I'm definitely – 
definitely not worried about. But um, but yeah, like I was saying, I think yeah, Debo he is he's kind of like a secondary running back, really. Like he's he's only about those you know behind behind the line of scrimmage passes. So see if they get like I said, like Fields, I think might want to push the ball down the field more than maybe like a Mac Jones type. So. Yeah, that, that is a good point, Jake. I think for Debo in particular, he's probably the one that has the most, you know, dependency on what what the quarterback is. Ayuk and Kittle, I don't. It probably won't change much for me. Fair. All right, so I'm going to play one more clip here. Uh, Andy had a interesting take on the Ayuk Debo debate here, where oh, Jake yeah, and I, uh, Jake and I actually have a beer bet on uh, the same thing. So I'll play the clip. Want to get your guys' uh, opinions on it, and then Jake and I will let you know where uh, we stand on this uh, situation as well. Then I am on Team Debo. It's not an anti-Brandon IU take. It's a pro-Debo uh, Samuel take. So if I um, if I have to choose one and I don't have to consider which one's going to get hurt, then I think I lean <laughs> on Debo. So. <laughs> so we've got a Team Debo side mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Now, Dustin, wait, do we want to say what our sides are first? I feel like we should keep that veiled at least now and get some honest opinion. We don't want you to feel like you have to woo us. Yeah, don't placate to the hosts, you know. (laughs) So straight up, I guess the the (laughs) assumption there again and what Andy referred to in that clip is like, take out the injury history. Injuries, right? (laughs) You know, because Devo, yeah, that's going to be the thing. It's like, how many games is Devo going to actually play? So, and I guess just insert sort of a let's say a streamlined quarterback where by necessity, the quarterback doesn't maybe affect these guys. Let's say that hypothetically they're on the same footing with the quarterback. If you had to go Debo versus Ayuk, who would you go? I go Ayuk. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy for me. Ayuk. I think, I just think he's a better, he's a better re- receiver. He profiles as like, he can be a true number one receiver. Even He won't ever have to be. With Kittle in the offense, but Debo is more of just an offensive weapon. Like I said, you kind of get him, you know, his manufactured uh, like screens or end arounds or, or whatever. But Ayuk just, it doesn't matter what the, the game plan is or who the quarterback is. He's, I think, right, he'll be kind of their their ex to kind of play, you know, alongside Kittle and Debo will kind of just get, get in where he can fit in. That's how I see it happening. Yeah. So, uh, you know, part of the discussion we've had is that, you know, is it possible that Ayuk just got the volume we saw last year because Kittle and Debo were both injured? Oh, one hundred percent, yes. You know, <laughs> right. so yeah. you yeah, know, easily. so 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 the big discussion here is how does that all play out once all three are healthy? Obviously, we know Kittle's going to get his. That's that is the number one option in that offense. But which which one of those players is going to be the better value between the wide receivers? At that point, yes. If we're talking value. You might want to sure. just go the cheapest, uh, and that will be Debo, right. just because he's yeah. Their, their ADP is going to be curious, right, to see how far, how far. Because you have a couple of rounds, maybe. Do we think? Do we think oh, it'll really? be a couple of rounds? Really do you think? Wow. Yeah, oh, I'm about to say oh, oh. If, this, if this is pretty close, then yeah, I, yeah, I, I might kind of snag yeah Debo. Like I guess I'm right now. I'm kind of expecting Debo to be kind of the the forgotten man. Well, not completely forgotten, but I I would have guessed yeah, like Ayoko would be at least like four. Because he was just he was like a wide receiver one status last year, so obviously like with you know Debo and Kittle back, he won't get that range. But he, could, I mean, he, he could still be a solid you know wide receiver two, kind of the the mid low end versus Debo is going to be he's like that flex kind of wide receiver three for me. All right, so I pulled up. I I know you said you're mostly redraft, but here I pulled up DLF ADP for Mark mm-hmm. Ayuk is wide receiver twenty one coming in at an ADP of about 
48. And Debo is wide receiver 37 with an ADP of about 72. That's going to be a big gulf. And, and I don't know if it closes by the time we get closer to the drafts there. Right. That's going to be at least, I mean, it's going to go further. It's going to get four further to five rounds at a minimum. Then to your point there, Andrew, like it's not going to be close. It's not right. going to be close for value mm-hmm. or it's not going to be close for their ADP. Even at that point, let's say that their value is a full five rounds apart. Are you both still Team Ayuk? As long as Ayuk, I can get in like the fifth round. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if Ayuk is kind of sneaking up into that top 20 receiver range, that might be a little rich. But if he kind of stays like right where he is, yeah, I, I would still go ahead and go go with Ayuk. Because, yeah, yes. I just, right, I'm not sure. Just like D Bill is going to be very, very reliable when, they're, when everybody is healthy. Dustin, we've been at, we've been a full split now. We are a full half bottom side of the screen and a full top side of the screen. <laughs> now our beer bet, we are both preferential oh, yeah. for Debo. I actually think it'll be closer in their end of season finishes. I believe the bet was like within five to six spots of each other, something like mm-hmm. that. Will they finish that closely or will because we're both we wanted to make the bet straight up, Debo versus Ayuk, and we're actually both on Debo's side. <laughs> and so it became like, well, how far apart are they going to finish from each other? And Dustin, you're definitely much higher on mm-hmm. the, the Debo side than I am. It kept so telling you, me because I, I believe it's going to be closer. And Jake, you think it's going to be further? Away? I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to oh, be okay, close. So I think they will be very close to each other with end of year finishes. Okay. Because, Andrew, is what you said earlier, is like he's a guy where you kind of manufacture touches, but I think that Shanahan's mm-hmm. offense is going to manufacture yeah. those type of touches because he is yeah. – they're so focused on their players, like a like a Belichick. You know, like it, we don't mm-hmm. just run a scheme all the time. We run a scheme to fit the players that we have. Well, they so absolutely got the players to fit their scheme. Like, <laughs> they, they absolutely did. Like, they spent up they, – they didn't have to draft Ayuk that early, but – Sure. They they knew he was the perfect fit for them, so you might as well just go get him, right? Yeah, like the people mm-hmm. laughed at him too when he was drafted. Like, what the hell is he doing? But yeah, I, I, you I mean, this out. is. I mean, now now it's dynasty after seeing what the Dolphins did, and, and you know, and the Rams <laughs> and the, and and Detroit. But you know, two years ago, it, it really was, or last year, like you don't just trade back five spots because you can get your guy a little later. Like that's not how the NFL draft works. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. okay, so yeah. Justin Jefferson might still be there. I don't remember if he really was. I'm just saying this off the top of my head. But, like, Ayuk is the better fit. We're not going to be dumb. We're just going to take this because the chances are if we get anyone to trade up four or five spots, it's not worth the sixth-round pick of chance of losing our guy. So let me just take our guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Fair. Dustin, do we feel like we're on our heels here? Do we need to adjust things? No, no, no. no. Do no. not. Do not. Oh, okay, my right, my flag right. is planted, man. That's I'm, I'm not getting off this hill. I want to I want to be absorbent of other information that comes my way. I don't want to be that locked in guy that just is like, you know what? I made this back in January and I'm not changing my tune now. Yeah, yeah. Think, yeah this is just yeah. This could be one of those curious, you know, wide receiver rooms that yeah we. We really don't know what's gonna what's gonna go down. So yeah, kind of just pick a side and see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and what are the chances? Do you think that San Francisco drafts another running back here? Hi. <laughs> I mean, they need to have another one. I mean, they they lost Tevin Coleman, well, so I mean, they need someone to replace him. They got to have at so least I'm- seven running backs on their squad at any given time. 
So, but I was kind of thinking. I said this way earlier this this morning. Actually, kind of guessing my uh, like my main running back spots. So every like I I, I would have been in that same camp too. But once I kind of started doing the math of okay, how many viable rookie running backs are there, and how many like openings are there, I actually think San Francisco is probably like more fourth or fifth on the list of like running back needs. So I think Falcons will take a running back before them. I think the Jets will. I think the Dolphins will. And at that point, I think it's kind of between the Steelers and the Cardinals, as far as so there, like there could be five other running backs that go or, and then at that point, like San Francisco is taking, I mean, like who's the sixth best running back in this class? Somebody like Jamar Jefferson or something. So I actually think like like between um, uh, what are their running backs? Uh, Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Yeah. They they might end up like kind of sneaking past free agency and the draft and like kind of going into the season as the, the top two guys. Cause like I said, there are only so many running backs that are, you know, starting caliber of this class. And I just think other teams need it more than them. Yeah. They're not going to spend real capital on a running back. They don't. Right. I mean, they'll get like guys they've had. Guys. Yep. Yeah. Like Jarek McKinnon, you know, they're, they're going to wait. That's fine. And mm-hmm. it never met Shanahan offenses. Even his father, it never mattered who, which running right, back. He could plug one of us in there and we'll, we'll get 75 yards at least. Uh, <laughs> no, Maybe I will, I will get a firm eight yards on the season. On the season, I will get you going positive yards, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but like I said, we like we we've, we've seen pretty much any you know capable NFL running back like line it up in that system. So yeah, I'm, I don't think they're going to get any of the you know the top running backs. It'll probably be somebody like the fourth or fifth round. Do you think that they could go on the really delayed wait for free agency to get one of those? I mean, Jarek McKinnon was a free agent poll that they got, you know, not so long ago because he was cast off from from uh, Minnesota there. Minnesota. Is there anybody that's even lingering right now that kind of makes sense for them? Like, I hate to keep throwing around James Conner, but he is just the man without a land right now. Like, if they I mean, are waiting... I just I don't see yeah. anybody that would yeah be better than most or even Jeff Wilson like Wilson he, like I said he he did exactly what they mm-hmm. needed him to to do in that system so so yeah I just I think they're gonna get another undrafted unheralded guy like Jamichael Hasty or whatever and he'll have one or two monster games and you sell him for a third round pick. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a go trade for Mostert podcast right now, and I may be doing that right after we get off air. Honestly, I mean, like if you're like one of those, yeah, you know, like win, you know, win now teams, and you're kind of like you know a RB two away from competing. Yeah, I would. I mean, I wouldn't give like a. I probably wouldn't give too much. Like, what is Mostert twenty? 829. The wheels can can fall off at any point. But yeah, if somebody like maybe a couple thirds or something, somebody that just has done with them, yeah, those wheels are already held up there with duct tape, man. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're fairly on there. So fast. (laughs) All right, then one last question here, and then we'll uh, get out of here. So, George Kittle. We know he's going to get dinged up and probably miss a couple games every single season. I Just the way he plays the game, which, P.S., I love how he plays the game. I love his enthusiasm on the field. Like It's it's amazing. But we know he's going to get dinged up and probably miss some time and or be hobbled when he's out there on the field. Is he worth taking in round two for redraft and or dynasty purposes? Yes. 100%. 100%. I still think so, man. Yeah, like 12 games a kiddo is better than like 75% of the other tight ends for the rest of the season. Like yep. after seeing what Kelsey did for so many teams this past year, like I'm I'm all about reaching for like 
or top three tight ends mm-hmm. for the positional advantage. It's absolutely mm-hmm. worth, it. especially if there even there's an ounce of premium for tight end scoring. Yeah, easily, easily the second round. Mm-hmm. I take Kelsey, uh, Kittle. Well, I take Kelsey in the first, but Kittle in the second. Right. Yeah. And to be honest, like I, I wasn't really part of that. Like I always just felt weird about taking a tight end in yep. the first round. But like after mm-hmm. this past year, yeah, like if I'm taking Kelsey after all, probably like like Saquon, you know, CMC. Uh, maybe like Dalvin Cook, but I, like after those, you know, Bell Cow running backs, I'm taking Kelsey. Just like I said, when you sc- you score ten more points on average than every other tight end, it's just like a cheat code, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I drafted yep. Kittle in uh, Scott Fishbowl last year, and even like those six games that I got of him, and I took he him in the second out. round. I was like, I'm so happy with this guy. Like, what was I gonna get other than Kittle? Does it matter? No, I'm fine. Like, I appreciate your six games, George. Yep. Yeah, but man, just hope, give us at least fourteen, George. Let's get fourteen out of man. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Football is better when Kittle's on the field, for sure. All right. Well, um, I think that's it. Unless you guys have any last thoughts here, um, I do want to get each of your uh, takes on how you think the teams are going to finish in the division here, um, oh. and, and really lean into your homer bias too, if you so yeah. choose. Um, so, Andrew, why don't we start with you here? Put you on the spot. All right, I'll start from the bottom. That's easier. So, um, I think yeah, the 49ers, they'll I mean, they'll, they're going to be a team to continue with in the next couple years, but I think yeah, this this year they'll probably kind of have to take the the seat back. Um oh, God. <laughs> you could do it, man. I'll, I'll yeah, do it too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm all right. I'm finally calling it now. Again, this is probably more homerism or just hope that Seattle is finally done. But yeah, I, I think Seattle's reign of you know being on top is finally, finally done. I think yeah. I say like Russell Wilson will probably just get pissed off after he gets sacked like 30 times in the first eight weeks and just start kind of. Well, I mean, he's not going to get up because he's not the type of guy. But, <laughs> but yeah, I just I don't know. I think I'm just kind of putting that in the atmosphere that they'll kind of just do this little mini meltdown and go like. I almost said eight and eight. You can't say it anymore, huh? And go like what eight and nine? Which that's so eight, weird. Eight and say. one, man. Yeah. They'll get that oh, tie in there. Eight, yeah. eight and one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would say I would say put put Seattle third, and um, and then yeah, like Arizona second. I'm I'm calling it. I'm saying the Rams. I say we take the division, and Stafford is the quarterback that McVay has been looking for, and it's a uh, happy marriage that at least to a couple NFC West. So uh, we got Ram- so I got yeah Rams Arizona Seattle San Francisco from top to so bottom. Let's let's end this podcast in in uh, this rivalry podcast in a moment of unity and togetherness because I agreed exactly with what he said. Wow! <laughs> oh, my goodness! Woo! Oh my actual goodness! <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, man. I, I wasn't prepared for that. It's, getting back, I, dude. I think it's just the truth, like. Goff was what was holding that off that team back. Like, mm-hmm. just you don't even need ten other dudes. Aaron Donald by himself can can run a defense. You know, <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> and they, they have, and, and not to mention they have really good players at every position. Like, no, like seriously, if if Stafford can just pick up that offense quickly enough, like, and there isn't like that, you know, like Shanahan, the the first year of a Shanahan no, offense was a little rough. Mm-hmm. Like, if he could just walk in and take up that offense, but 
He's been in a lot of offenses, Stafford, so he might be just better at yeah, like, up by now. <laughs> I can imagine it kind of being like with Brady and the Buccaneers, where like every now and then you'll kind of have that, you know, what the fuck game. We're like, all right, what's going on here? But, you know, by the end yeah. of the year, yeah, they can kind of get on the same page and start clicking. And the other thing we didn't really mention, too, was just uh, with the Cardinals, the offensive line upgrades. I will kind of commend them for – and that's one of the reasons why I ended up putting them over Seattle because I think, yeah, like with Rodney Hudson and um, can't, like who I can't remember who the – the other linemen they they picked up recently, but I think yeah they they're definitely beefing up that offensive line, which for them, like like golf was holding back the Rams' offense. I think the offensive line was kind of holding back the the Cardinals' offense from kind of being a a top tier one. So see, I I think the the Cardinals and the Rams are kind of have a a fun battle for the for the top this year. Yep, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Wait till September. Like, you know, <laughs> you guys, I'm going to look for the Twitter exchanges come September and October where you're just at each other's throats constantly. Absolutely, right? This will all go out the window. <laughs> but I love this moment of peace that we've been able to achieve. I'm going to use all capitals and exclamation points being like, you are a beautiful man and you called this right. <laughs> <laughs> In your most aggressively uh, sweet gift that you can pull up at the moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get out of here, gentlemen, um, Russ, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you and what you're about? All right. Well, I am at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter. I host many, many podcasts. Uh, the Trade Addicts podcast with at Dynasty FF Addict, Rocky Petrella. I do Dynasty Game Night uh, with Matt Baugh. Nope. Matt Price and John Bosch. I just <laughs> melded them into one person. Because, <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? Uh, so, and uh, Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network is my podcast network with, uh, I can never remember. Hold on, I have a mouse pad right here. Trade Addicts, Fantasy Timeline, Dynasty Junkies, and Get Real with Casey Kasem. Subscribe to that to get all those awesome shows. And then, of course, the DLF family of podcasts where, you know, man, too many shows for me to remember, and I don't have I don't have a mouse pad for that. So, uh, but yeah, you know, open a podcast, and there's a chance I might be on it. So that's cool. Um, yeah, that's really about it. Say hi to me on Twitter. I like talking to people. All right, and Andrew, where can people find you and and what you're doing? Yeah, so I'm at uh, I'm at Drew Met D R E W M E T underscore F F, and I'm actually more uh, more just about content creation. So I uh, write for a few different sites, uh, mainly focused on Donacy content. But uh, so a few of the sites I write for uh, at Real Deal Fantasy, uh, at Club Fantasy, and I uh, just recently started writing for uh, at Pro Football Mania. Uh, so again, every now, now, now and then, just kind of be on the lookout for some some Dynasty articles I'll, I'll drop, just kind of giving my advice or some, you know, some guys I like to, to sell or buy on. And then, um, you know, every blue moon, I'll kind of make a, a face facial appearance with, a good show on look, facial appearance. That was bad wording, but <laughs> no, that was perfect. No, I yeah, loved every second of it. Every now and then, I'll, I'll show my face on a, a fun a pod like this. But um, yep, yeah, that's that's me, man. Just the dynasty guy. All right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for coming on. It was a real treat, and uh, you're welcome back anytime uh, on our show. Uh, Jake, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you out there? I'm on the Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. And you can find our podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.